that's the main critique in the movie is they were going in and out of their accents way too much, especially Adam Driver and uh, Al Pacino in particular. Like he'd be like, uh, like you need you need to come to New York. <laughs> you gotta come to New York. And then he'd go into his Brooklyn accent or whatever. Uh, but I tell you what, Jared Leto takes the cake. And the scene where he finds out his dad goes to jail is just like, oh, we were supposed to escape. <laughs> Welcome to A Cast With No Name. We're your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 14, Monday, July 18th, 2022. This episode, we will be discussing our top five movies about... Jesus. This week, we will be discussing our top five movies about aliens in anticipation for the upcoming Jordan Peele movie, Nope. But first, don't forget to visit our new website at acastwithnoname.com. Comment on episodes and write to our email, contact.acastwithnoname at gmail.com. That's our intro. That's right. I want to give a shout out to Anna. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Anna. Anna left a comment on our webpage. She requested that we review everything everywhere all at once. And we will be doing that next week along with yes. Nope. So yes. that's how easy it is. Yeah. If you she, want us to talk about something, just that's right. Just say it. You know how hard it is to come up with ideas? Me and Jay always bicker back and forth on what we're going to talk about. So please do it for us. Yeah. That way we don't have to think. Yep. It, Isn't that the goal in life? It's, it's very, yeah. We <laughs> want to do as little as work as possible. So if you can just tell us what to talk about, that'd be easier. Yes. Next absolutely. step, we just have you call in and you guys ramble on. We just sit here. That's right. We sit here. We ask questions. Literally do nothing. I would take a nap. Absolutely. So, see anything? Yeah. Uh, I saw House of Gucci. How was that? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of excited to see it because I do like Ridley Scott a lot. Mm -hmm. I know you have not issues with him, but he's a hit or miss for you. Oh, he's he had one hit. <laughs> he had one hit. I, he's, he's, he's had more than one hit. I think his brother was better. I know. I know. But. But House of Gucci, yeah, yeah uh, House of Gucci, yeah. Bradley Cooper and no Bradley Cooper, no Lady Gaga's in it though. God damn it, Stars Born, <laughs> Jesus. She didn't break out in the song in the movie. Adam uh, Driver, that's who I was thinking right. of because they look so much alike. No, uh, yeah, it's got Adam Driver, uh, the great Al Pacino, uh, the great Jeremy Irons. Oh, I love me some Jeremy Irons, and then uh, Jared Leto. Cool. That's the main cast, and essentially, it's about. Uh, I don't even remember what her name is. I'm just going to call her Fabrizia. Okay. That's uh, Lady Gaga's character. Is that a derogatory term toward female Italians or I something? I think so. Okay. I think I just reached as far as I could. and just. Well, we most... just lost our Italy listener. I know. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she uh, marries into the Gucci family, and it's a, it, the whole movie is about uh, her ascension and her husband's ascension to owning Gucci. Uh shenanigans ensue power struggle between family members uh, yada yada and you, mm -hmm. you know you, sure. the story writes itself for the most part but overall i mean the movie was kind of boring okay and it wasn't exactly uh i mean it was two hours and 45 minutes long mm. so it was just a slow burn and i'm not i love long movies I'm I'm not a I'm not just wasn't to them. paced very well or just the subject matter didn't warrant a two hour and forty five minute movie. You know no. what I mean? It was just Weird. I don't know how many scenes there were about stock buybacks, Jay. There was like four scenes. 
of about stock, stock buybacks. Like, 50% on Gucci. I, I, I offer you this. Like, there was, it was. <laughs> Is that how they talked? Se- I'm telling <laughs> like you. Like a bad godfather. Well, that That's the main critique in the movie is they were going in and out of their accents way too much, especially Adam Driver and uh, Al Pacino in particular. Like, he'd be like, uh, like you need you need to come to New York. <laughs> you got to come to New York. And then he'd go into his Brooklyn accent or whatever. And Adam Driver would just slip out of it, especially when he was in like uh, intense moments mm-hmm. when he wasn't just talking, when he had to, it would just go away. Yeah. So it was very distracting. Uh, but I tell you what, Jared Leto takes the cake yeah. as just, what was he doing? I don't know if Ridley Scott gave him any direction whatsoever. Like, you know, you kind of, you need to just, uh, I want you, what I want you dial to do back. is just dial, like dial it back a lot here. You're, you're, you're two eleven there. So he was over the top. Over the top, Jay. Compar- he was like a mad TV sketch. sketch. Mm. No doubt. Hmm. There was a lot of, uh, so Al Pacino goes to jail and he didn't want his dad. He plays Al Pacino is Jared Leto's father in the movie. So okay. Jared Leto plays Paolo Gucci and he eventually goes to jail and Paolo had a hand in it. And the scene where he finds out his dad goes to jail is just it's like, ah, we were supposed to scare him. <laughs> My papa, he was supposed to not to go to jail. Ah. Seriously, that's what he was doing on the couch talking to uh, Adam Driver's character. And there, those scenes were throughout the whole movie, just bombastic, over the top, over enunciating like words to make it sound more Italian than it actually would be. Do you think all those decisions were deliberate? Yes. To have people over the top? No, no, no. Jared Leto was Jared Leto barely over the can top. make a decision, I think. But well, it, his performance stands out because the other performers were not acting that way. Got you. At all. Okay, so just so it I, didn't fit with. No, the acting level, well, not acting level, but I guess the intensity that everybody else was. Yes, okay. it, it was a mismatch, especially oh, yeah. Al Pacino. He was definitely playing it serious. Um, and he, you know, I'm not going to. The only thing that I, I criticize about Al Pacino's performance is his accent going in and out. Otherwise, it was pretty good. I mean, he's a great actor. Jeremy Irons was great in it, as always. He wasn't in it enough, which kind of sucks. Uh, Lady Gaga was probably the best part of it. I mm-hmm. mean. When she came out in American Horror Story, and I was like, "Oh God, there's another singer that wants to act," and you know, and I saw the the episode that she, the season that she was in, she was okay. Star is Born, she was great, and this she's she's good. She has acting chops for sure. Okay, any doubt that she can act? I mean, it's pretty much I put think to bed. First thing, I don't know if she was in anything before. I know she was in an episode of Sopranos, and mm. it was a small bit role. I don't even know if she had a line. She's one of AJ's friends when they some episode they break into a the high school pool. Mm-hmm. It's when AJ's having problems and they like take the trophy case and they throw everything in the pool. She's one of the kids that was hang was one of AJ's friends or like one right. of the girls hanging out with them. But yeah. So I, I YouTube some clips of Paolo mm-hmm. Gucci. Mm-hmm. One, he doesn't look anything like the overweight weirdo that prosthetics makeup that Jerry Leto had on. And listening to his interview, he's not overly bombastic at all. So no. obviously this was embellished. It's a lot of private conversations. So there's it's obviously nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's oh, you want the pizza pie? You want to come to the cow? Yes, it was a bell. Oh, mama mia. 
a ciao bella. Like the whole movie, you just can't help but like, is he going for comedy here? Or I don't know what he's doing. I don't think Ridley Scott could like, had the ability to ring him in a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just coming off his Oscar win. He's known for method acting and this is just his process. And maybe when he was looking at like the dailies or watching the scene real time, he, it just wasn't, he wasn't thinking that he was going over the top. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, not to speak for Ridley Scott, although all the times we've hung out together, I can tell he's getting tired. I mean, the guy's older. So, <laughs> I mean, he might just be at this point to where I don't, maybe he just doesn't give a shit. Um, I can, I just got to, to where I, he's I, like, he, he, like Jared Leto comes in in a fucking like fat suit, the blimpies or whatever the hell. And he's like doing some fucked up accent. And I could just imagine him after the first take or like hearing stories about him, really Scott, just fuck it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he did, I, you see him in the chair, just he's slunched over and Jared does his take and he's like, it's great, Jared. Thanks. Cut go, it. Go back Check to your trailer, gate. weirdo. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jared. Yep. We gotta get this. We gotta get this movie done in six months. Yeah. Yeah. We only have two hours and forty-five minutes to tell this right story. Yeah. But Jared Leto's performance aside, uh, the movie itself was just again, it was slow. A lot of just scenes that didn't need to be there. It didn't enhance the story a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They could have cut out like a half hour easily. Um yeah just a lot of the choices uh, there's a there's a confrontation between because adam driver slowly becomes an asshole so you're, you're supposed to sympathize with lady gaga and but not to the point where it justifies like assassinating the guy mm -hmm. on the steps which is what eventually happened spoiler alert it happened in 95 it's not it's based off a true event but and the whole tom ford thing towards the end it di you didn't need to have any of that it didn't make sense uh because uh adam driver hires tom ford to reinvigorate the gucci image because they're losing profits or whatever mm -hmm. and tom ford ended up taking over gucci after he died in the 90s and kind of built it up to i think now it's it's valued at like 60 billion dollars or something mm -hmm. so it's, it's still successful obviously but uh he decides to, to bring on tom ford so you're thinking oh uh they're going to want him back on the board or like he he's regained control of the company. And then the next scene is like, Oh, we want to buy you out. Hmm. So it didn't make, it didn't make sense. Do you think the story warranted a movie at all? Uh, maybe I was thinking about how would have I, what would I have done differently? I probably would have focused a majority of the time on which they did on Lady Gaga, but I would have, I would have done more on, uh, sort of like a fatal attraction kind of thing where, I would have dived deeper into how she came to the, how she ramped up to the decision of wanting to kill her, her, her ex-husband. Mm -hmm. They kind of glossed over that. It was just Adam, Adam driver is, he didn't do a lot of stuff to warrant getting killed. The scenes that were in it. Yeah. He was an asshole, but it, it I didn't feel like it reached that threshold to where like, okay, yeah, I, I see where she was driven over the edge to want to do it. Maybe it's focused more on her more scenes on why she was thinking of doing it and how she eventually came to do it. When in this movie, it's just, she just, there's like one scene with Selma Hayek who hires the, the hitman and then that's it. Okay. It kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, well, I wonder because I think there was a true crime series or I want to say maybe it was a, um, 
God, this is horrible because I don't even have it prepared, but there was, I want to say there was a Gucci documentary about that, or it was like some kind of documentary about that murder mm-hmm. to where I wonder if they explored it enough in that to where they felt like whoever wrote the screenplay was like, well, this has already been done mm-hmm. gotcha. kind of a thing. But at the same time, it wouldn't be the first <clears throat> time you overdo something. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, I mean, the movie looks great. It shot well. Um, great. Do you recommend it? Um, no. Because Ridley Scott directed it? No. <laughs> it's just too uneven. And it's it's so, it's it, it, felt, it feels like a six-hour movie versus a two-hour and 45-minute movie. And you're going to come out of it like, that was a long movie. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really do anything for me. Got you. Okay. Not really worth it. I would strictly go watch it for Jared Leto just because it is so over the top to laugh to laugh okay so it's a comedy it's a comedy all right good yeah it's an assassination movie disguised as a, a jared leto a jared leto snl sketch well maybe he'll win, win a uh razzie uh wouldn't it be the oh, first time someone wins an oscar and then oh yeah of course i think winning an oscar is a curse um yeah unless you're tom hanks unless you're tom hanks or meryl streep um I think those are the only two, but yeah, I mean, usually <laughs> it's just those two. It is just those two. I mean, Jamie Foxx wins an Oscar for booty call. Wait, no, what <laughs> was not booty call? What was, Oh, Ray. Yeah. And, uh, and then he goes on to make stealth and a bunch of other yeah. awesome movies. And yeah, it's usually a bunch of other ones that, uh, no one, uh, saw. uh, uh <laughs> that one amazing know? spider-man part two yeah uh, where he played uh mr freeze oh i'm sorry electro <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i watched um a couple of things one i started watching the new season of what we do in the shadows i love the first season of that show what's what's the energy draining vampire what's his name again colin one of my favorite concepts that i've ever seen i've never laughed hard well i have but that's all it's very few times where I like want to piss myself when I'm laughing. That that was one of those times. It's it's very good. Yeah. So we watched the first couple episodes of that. Um, still funny. Still, still good. Yeah. Still good. That's good. Um, and it's winning a bunch of uh, it's won a bunch of Emmys or nominated for some Emmys. I mean, it's doing well. So is Taika Waititi involved in the writing at all in that show? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I know he created it. I'm sure he mm-hmm. has a hand in it because he shows up every once in a while. Mm, okay. Um, as the vampire from the movie. I don't know. I've never seen the movie, so I've yet to see the movie. Really? Yeah. Well, just because Shocking. I like the show so much, I'm afraid if I watch the movie, oh, I'm, you'll like. The movie. I might not like it as much as the show, or I'll miss Matthew Barry. Oh, okay. Um, who plays Laszlo? And he's, you are. Yeah, it's I, good. I'll uh, check it out sometime. Yeah, you'll but like yeah, it. I haven't watched the movie yet. Um, and I don't. And yeah, so. Um, yeah. What's What's his name from? Uh, Flight of the Concords, Jerome. I can't yeah. remember his name, but God, he's so good on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, watch that. And then I watched Bill Burr live with the Red Rocks, <laughs> which is think? his new Netflix special. It's good. Um, we saw Bill Burr in December uh, with a stand up. Mm. So about half the material um, I'd already heard before, but it was just more finely tuned in the special, obviously, because oh, okay. he'd been doing it probably another two months you heard some bits in there yeah and um but it was interesting watching because i that i picked up on some things on how he changed it some things i mean it was just 
a lot better tuned and that's kind of cool more polished so you can, you can see the process that a comedian goes through to yeah. yeah and when we saw him live it um you could see him do the same thing because he folk like half of his con like he went more into sports when we saw him because he'd bring up football so mm -hmm. um so he'd bring that out and um and he would kind of direct his material based on the reactions he was getting from the audience at the time. So his jokes were more, I guess, quote unquote, rural focused gotcha. or whatever, but, um, tailoring to his audience. Yeah. And which I, I thought was fine. Like I'm not a farmer. So, but when he was, neither am I, Jay. I mean, so I was, I was looking forward to, cause he would say some, like he would criticize, um, we, we live in a fairly conservative state. Yeah. So he would make a joke about that. And then like, uh, some people would shift in their seats and then he would steer away from it. And I'm like, no, fucking yeah, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. I was yeah, like, yeah. Just, just be funny. Like, fuck yeah. these people. Like, exactly. don't, don't change it. But, uh, in case someone, which no one would get offended, but I think he just wanted the audience. Every right. comedian wants to have the audience the most fun possible, right, but right. he's really good at doing that. Um, and shifting his material around to accommodate that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, when I was watching him live in the back of my head, I was, I was like, well, what, what were you going to say next mm. that without going off into a different direction? Um, so do you think in this one, he uh, didn't go off into a different direction or do you think he tailored it a little bit? There was, I wish I could bring up the certain part of it. Um, I, I mean, I feel like with their specials, they ha probably have a set mm -hmm. piece that they're going to do. And I think with specials, they do two recordings and then they cut yeah. together the best reactions out of each showing. Um, but I didn't, I mean, because he was in a, I mean, I, Red Rocks, I mean, is where he from, yeah. so outside. Um, I didn't pick up on him transitioning because on stage, he would just flat out call it out right to where he's like oh all right well you guys aren't into that don't worry i'll stay away from that subject and then yeah, yeah. he'd go off on something else um but but no i mean i thought the special was uh still enjoyable um even though half of it i already heard before right but it's interesting just to see that the polished version of those jokes right because you can kind of pick it up when they're on uh late night talk shows comedians mm -hmm. are up there because they'll tell a joke and then if you pay attention about a year later, that joke will probably end up in a special that they do. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, <clears throat> the, uh, new standup with Jim Brewer, uh, a year ago he was on with, on Anthony Cumia's show and he, he did the whole like COVID with, you know, parrot squawking and, and the wall, you know, the walruses and stuff. He was doing that in the interview and it showed up on his new standup special refined mm -hmm. and it, so much funnier than than the uh, interview piece because he, he kind of had time to work on it and hit all the high notes and everything yeah the bill burr thing i saw half of it i loved the WNBA bit because mm -hmm. <laughs> that bit he did also and uh yeah at, when i saw him so good which yeah i mean that's just name your top place. five WNBA players right now <laughs> name five teams name the team in your own city you can't do it <laughs> so good yeah yeah but he's 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 one of the greats mm-hmm so all right well yeah anything else get, no let's get into it 
Let's get balls deep. Let's get balls deep into this, Jay. <clears throat> All right. I, so, love the, I love these episodes. Yes. They, so, so many movies. We put on coffee because these usually run. Yeah. Um, slight interjection here. We're just letting, giving you this PSA announcement. This episode lasts for five and a half hours. So please continue listening. All right. Yeah. I don't know how long this episode's <laughs> going to be, but um, usually these episodes are a little bit longer. Um, We're going to put really Scott to shame. Yeah, we are. Uh, just like Ridley Scott doesn't know how to cut down a movie, we don't know how to cut down a podcast. So Why would you want to? Yeah. Top five films. Obviously, these are our favorite films. Mm-hmm. Uh, about aliens. Yeah. With aliens or about aliens or Correct. whatever. Um, and we're doing this because Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, comes out next week, which we will be reviewing that. Uh, so we wanted to touch on our top five favorite absolutely um i guess i'll i'll touch on how i went about how we usually do how i went about picking these yeah um i guess first i obviously i picked movies that i've seen so i have not seen the thing i have not seen annihilation i have not seen midnight special i have not seen um oh they live i have not seen which I'm I'm totally aware of it. I'm sure if I watched it, I'd love it. Yep. Don't know if it'd make it in my top five. <clears throat> right. It might. But um What you're trying to say is you don't you do not like John Carpenter. Uh <laughs> that's not true. I'm kidding. I know. You well. Yeah. No, I think I like him. The uh yeah, it's I, just I, I was never I mean, he mainly did he mainly did horror. And growing yeah. up I wasn't a I wasn't a horror person. Yeah. So um I was just simply a horror. Makes sense. Yeah. You're simply um, a whore. I said, what? Whore? And uh, so usually I concentrated on movies that I saw. Um, and, but yeah. I appreciate um, that, Jay. Thank you for oh, commenting on movies that you've actually seen. Hey, you know, I got to <laughs> state the obvious because I'm half <laughs> dumb sometimes. But, uh, and I tried to pick a variety yep. of uh, different movies. And I strictly, I didn't do, I didn't do anything comic book. Um. Yeah, I went like the MCU. Yeah. I mean, or anything like Superman or yeah. I mean, anything like that, mainly about extraterrestrial life or the possibility or correct stuff like that. Um, but there was uh, several honorable mentions um, that I thought about, mm-hmm. but um, I will. Uh, <clears throat> how how did you pick them? I, I think you did it perfectly. I I as I also watched these movies. Have you? Okay. Yes. Uh, I didn't realize how many movies there were within this subject matter. Uh, that's what I normally do when we make these lists. I Google yeah. movies with aliens and then this just giant list. I'm like, oh my God, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. I don't yeah. even know. So uh, no comic books. It's the same thing I did that. Didn't want to do anything with your like MCU, all that stuff. It's just, yeah, we can yep. make a list on MCU or mm-hmm. comic book movies. If we want to do that. I'm sure we will at, at one point. I didn't want to do the obvious stuff because uh, anyone who's anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that knows that I love the Predator. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time. I didn't include that in the list. It probably would make the list, obviously, but I didn't want to talk about it again because uh, it's just apparent that it's one of the great ones. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's it. I think that was it. Yeah, something else was. I also picked movies that when someone says, oh, a movie about aliens, it's these movies that usually pop up into my head. 
yeah. and also ones that I want to rewatch. Yes. Or have rewatched a lot. Same. Because if it's, I mean, there's um, like Arrival yep. is, and The Arrival, um, two different movies, but. Which one was Charlie Sheen? The Arrival. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Charlie Sheen. But I watched it and I loved Arrival. Didn't include because I've only seen it once. Yeah. And I never had me personally. I didn't have that urge to watch it again. again. So it was as soon as someone said like, oh, favorite alien movie. It, usually I have five that pop up yep. into my head. Um, but like batteries not included um, or the flight of the navigator. Right. Um, movies like that, that. Yeah, they're about they have aliens in it. Um, I don't. It's not my go to. Right. Like I think a flight of navigators, a road trip movie. So I don't, right. I don't think of it as like an, an or in a ta- time travel movie. Right. It's more of a time travel sci-fi movie to me than it is an alien. Movie. Gotcha. So um, I did the same thing. I, the way I whittled it down is I, I thought of the, the 10 movies that came to my head and then I, I Googled movies about aliens and did I leave anything off that mm-hmm. I'm just not thinking of? And that didn't really happen. The, the 10 that I kind of picked, I kind of had to whittle it down to my, my top five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to, you just want to do the list or you want to start off with some honorable mentions? Let's talk just, about some honorable mentions. All right. Come on. You go first. Let's do it. Uh, ooh, very close to making my list was District 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyone who doesn't know that movie, it's directed by Neil Blomkett. And it's a movie about aliens that kind of not really crash land because their spacecraft is floating above the slums of South Africa. And it's just a it's just an allegory on apartheid in South Africa. That's mm-hmm. essentially what the movie's about. Um, it just follows the journey of uh, Shartel Shart Shartlo Copley. That's the guy who plays the main yep. character. Yep. Uh, his coming out party, by the way, he's an awesome actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he's not in, in more stuff. He is. I in, wish he was. He's. I saw a trailer with him in it. Um, he's in the upcoming Beast movie with Idris Elba. Yeah, that's that's what I, I was mm-hmm. like. Oh, I was like, hey, I remember you. But he's one of those actors who I he makes the movie better every time he's in it. Like there's mm-hmm. this there's a movie called The A-Team with Bradley Cooper and Liam Neeson. It's OK, but his scenes are great. Mm-hmm. Um, Elysium, which is the follow the follow up. He was he outshined Matt Damon in that movie. Yeah, for sure. I think he is a perfect example of an actor that is a character actor. You but that can actually carry a movie yeah there's not a lot of character actors that can headline mm-hmm. and and carry a movie on their own right um that's usually what they usually reserve that those roles for people with more charisma or something that people can connect to but yep he can get lo- one lost in his role to where you don't recognize him but he still has that ability to carry a film right yeah and so the movie follows him uh he's kind of like a like an auditor of uh I can't even remember what the what they call the aliens. Anyway, kind of like non-humans or whatever. He audits like where they live and what they what they're doing, how they're mm. contributing to society, all that stuff and um you know, he he eventually becomes an alien because I can't remember if he's if it's a chemical or if he's bitten. I, I want to say remember. he was like bitten or something okay. like that, but and he, he slowly <clears throat> begins to transform as an alien. He become he becomes one of the aliens and he learns how they're treated and how they've been treated terribly, you know, this entire time. And he starts to uh, form some compassion with them and empathy and mm-hmm. realizes that they're just trying to get back home. And, you know, you know, s- society and, and, and people are very ugly to each other and that whole thing. Yep. But it was, uh, 
Now, there wasn't too many alien movies where they aren't invading. That's why this sticks out. This isn't like an alien invasion movie. It's kind of like they just got stuck there. Yeah, Refuge, just, refugees. They're just coping kind of with very, it. Yeah. I don't, there's not many... I can't even think of one word. Like E.T., but it's not like an entire civilization mm-hmm. of aliens. Uh, uh, that's why that, that movie stands out. I, I like it a lot. It, it just didn't make the list because it's not something that I would just go pop on whenever I want to. Yep. You have to be in the mood to kind of watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's great. Cool. Any other honorable mentions? Uh, the Mist. See, I thought about that, and I didn't put it on the list because I, I was, I, I, I was on initially, but then I'm like, well, yeah, it's an alien movie, but it's kind of like a monster movie. So I, I, I always know. felt like they came from a different dimension, right? And it wasn't from outer space, and right. that's why I didn't put it on there because I think of like they opened up like a version of the upside down or something right. like to, that's where the monsters came from. Right. Stranger Things just stole this idea out from under the mist. I know. Bastards. I think they stole a lot from Stephen King. Oh yeah. It's weird. For sure. Huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a <laughs> You think they did that on purpose or is it just a coincidence? Uh, I don't know. Huh. Plagiarists. It's weird. <laughs> Even the font of Stranger Things looks similar to the. I know. How did no one? How did fact no one check? That's weird. That is weird. But that movie, uh, I I watched it the other day in black and white. It's better in black oh, and yeah. white. Oh, because the effects hold up better. I mean, they're, they're not as right glossy, cheesy. Yeah. But uh, my God, one of the baldiest endings of all time. The first time I saw it, I just was, it just hit me like, oh my God, they actually did it. Mm-hmm. Those fuckers, they did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had a couple of honorable mentions. I mean, District 9, I thought about Starship Troopers, The mm-hmm. Mist, all three of those for the same reason. I think it's a better ex- exploration as far as society as opposed to aliens and right. society dealing with the fact that aliens exist. Yeah. Um, Starship Troopers almost made it on there, but I don't think of that as an alien movie. I think of that as a satire on right. fascist government or the military, the military industrial complex, <clears throat> stuff like that. I didn't um, even think of Starship Troopers. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, I almost put Independence Day on there. I Just enjoyed it when poppy, I was younger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it was a good. Fun. Yeah, I mean it. You can't it's take it very seriously. enjoyable. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um. The other, I mean, I didn't, well, none of the Star Treks or Star Wars were on there. Um, but, I mean, another um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and uh, Fire in the Sky. Um, Fire in the Sky. So I, Did you recently watch Fire in the yeah, Sky? Yeah, I watched that uh, last night. Uh, Christy had never seen it. What'd you think? Uh, she fell asleep. Um, <laughs> so she loved it. So it, I watched it again because I didn't know if it would be on my top five or not. Okay. And the reason why I had to watch it again, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And this movie is the reason why my older brother still possibly sleeps with a Navy SEAL knife under his his bed or under his pillow. Um, Because I think he watched it when he was about 13 and always had a knife under his bed ever since he was from 13. Yeah. And I remember it being scary as hell. Um, So watched it. It was okay. The acting's really good in it. Yeah. Um, and 
I think I built it up too much for Christy fell asleep. So she like after we got done watching it, she's like, well, and I was like, yeah, it's not going to be my top. <laughs> um, but it's interesting in some aspects. It has to do with uh, alien abduction. So yeah. um, D.B. Sweeney plays a character named Travis and his best friend played by Robert Patrick. They're out uh, cutting down trees along with their tree cutting crew and they see a fire in the sky and oh. they go to investigate it and travis gets out of the car and a beam of light comes down hits him and it just kind of like propels him up slightly and then slams him onto the ground and they think he's dead they drive away robert patrick says get out i'm gonna go back and so he goes back and he can't find travis mm. so then a murder investigation starts happening so they're trying to find these uh people or they're trying to find travis and then um they say well what happened they tell them and they don't believe them and then it starts becoming a media circus and all this yep. other stuff and it's based on a true story yep or a supposed a supposed story. true story yes um and they had to take lie detector tests and uh i, th I believe they said in the movie is like four of them passed mm. but one was inconclusive they retook it they say in the movie that they retook it again in 1993 and they all passed um huh. so they pass the lie detector test take that for what it's worth but yeah. um they're but, holding rocks yeah yeah they're rolling it in their hand but at the end <laughs> of the movie there's about a 20 minute segment of the abduction to where travis finally remembers the abduction and apparently it's it's based on a book written by travis walton i believe yep and um i guess his description in the book was a lot more boring Hmm. um than what was in the movie so the producers changed it right and it has a very scary x-files sort of vibe to it yeah and the aliens i mean it, one thing that i liked about it is that they had um you see the gray alien with the big yeah. black eyes and he goes up to it and he finds out it's a suit he's like oh they're space suits so like the the cliche gray alien with the big eyes are space suits and then when you actually see the real aliens they're just like these fleshy colored ball sacks with uh beady black eyes and um but uh ball sacks yeah but it didn't didn't uh hold up really? um yeah wasn't Was as... it boring no wasn't boring i mean it's still entertaining uh, and if you haven't seen it yeah i mean i watch it but i mean it's not um <clears throat> it i mean again i was i was 10 when i saw this yeah so and that's why I rewatched it because I hadn't seen it since then. And I remember the opening being very like, like uh, pulse pounding and, and high octane and kind of, you know, very suspenseful and the rest of it kind of just, it, it built it up so high. And I remember kind of just kind of teetering off. Did mm -hmm. it have, did it still have that kind of impact or not really? Yeah. I mean, the middle kind of dragged a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, th yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it it's worth watching, but afterwards, it, obviously, I wasn't as scared. Yeah, I mean, I built it up in my mind so much of it being so horrifying to right. where it didn't really, yeah, hold didn't up. have that effect. You so. fell asleep like a baby. I did. You did. I slept. You slept like a like a king. Yes. <laughs> no worries there. Yeah. But yeah, those were some um, those are some honorable mentions, and um, but yeah, nice. Well, I'm I'm excited because uh, Do you want to number these? Yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. Well, I good. I have them numbered. So Perfect. Me um, too. All right. You want me to go first? I can. 
Number five, hmm. uh, your personal favorite, is uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Wow. Um, <laughs> now, and I have this, as, and again, these are movies that I like to rewatch. Yeah. So um, Close Encounters, it's, it's weird because it's a comfort movie for me hmm. for some reason, but I didn't watch it until I think I was in college. Huh. Um, and, but I enjoyed, I enjoy the sense of mystery in the movie. Um, and I enjoy the, uh, the desire for needing to find out, just needing to see something through, um, that Richard Dreyfuss's character has. Um, you do love Richard Dreyfuss. I do. Uh, he can do no wrong. There's fantastic. And, and before you go into this, yes. I, to be fair, I've seen this movie maybe I think twice, mm-hmm. and each time I just find it supremely boring. But to be fair, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so maybe with new, fresh, you know, wise eyes over the years, maybe I have a different opinion about it. Maybe I mean, and I think, and I have it as number five because I, I, I the movie's strength, I think, is has to do with seeing it the first time. And seeing it in 1977, which I never did, but it's still, I find it still a fun movie, um, to where Roy Neary, Richard Dreyfuss's character has a, an experience and it kind of changes him psychologically. He starts Mm -hmm. doing things he doesn't understand. He has these urges and desires to find out. So like he's trying to solve a riddle and it's like eating him from the inside to where he's got to find it out. Ends up tearing his family apart and he goes across country to devil's tower um, because that's what he, he keeps sculpting out of mashed potatoes and dirt in the yard and everything else. Um, but I like it also because it has parallel stories. Um, it's spoiler alert for all these movies, by the way, but it has an optimistic view on mm-hmm. a first contact experience with another alien race. Um, I feel like usually the government is positioned as a villain or a barrier or an obstacle you have some of that but it's more of like for safety like they're trying to get people out of the way and right. stuff like that to where you have scientists in there i mean it's i feel like it's a very goodwill movie mm-hmm. um to where it's just like the best of humanity trying to do, do to do the best they can um you have uh you melinda, definitely don't have a lot of that yeah you have uh melinda dillon uh who plays character uh julian and her uh or Jillian, her son gets taken. Um, and so she's out looking for the same thing and she ends up uh connecting with Roy and then they tra- um they kind of travel together for a little bit um because she's trying to get back her son. Hmm. And um it's got a sense of wonder. I I put it in number five because <clears throat> I remember first time I watched this, I was like, eh, this is pretty good. And I watched it again and again and again. And then I, as I do with most movies that I enjoy, I research the crap out of it to where, yeah. Oh, I want to know how they made it, what the story yeah. is behind it, how it came about, all that good stuff. You get deep in the bonus features. Yeah. I love the bonus features. <laughs> and one of the things was a quote from Steven Spielberg. I think after it was, he said it was some question in an interview about the ending of close encounters to where, uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character leaves his family and goes with the aliens um, to find out what's beyond or mm-hmm. what's out there. Um, 
And when I was younger, Steven Spielberg said, if I made the movie now after having kids, I don't think I could have made a protagonist do that. Right. And I remember watching it and seeing that. And I was like, it's a perfectly fine ending. Like, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now I get it. Now you get it. Yeah. And you got kids now. Yeah. Yeah. After I have kids, <laughs> I was like, oh, um, I see where you're coming from. Yep. There. So I don't connect to it as much as I did. I still enjoyed it. The only thing I would change is probably him just seeing them or meeting them or something would be enough to turn off that curiosity. Right. To where, like, all right. Okay. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes off to be with his family. But yeah, I mean, his wife's not great. I mean, she's like the first sign of mental illness on her husband. And she's like, what the fuck? Ah, you dirtied up the kitchen. I'm leaving. I'm going to my mom's or wherever she I'm taking the kids. And I'm like, Jesus. Who plays his wife? Uh, Terry Gar. Oh, OK. And um, Terry Gar. But Mr. Mom, Bob Balaban. I mean, I just it's a I mean, it's a fun movie for a watch. But I mean, it's um, I like the cinematography. Um, one of my favorite things is I watched it inside the actor's studio. Um, I used to just binge those things. I, did I, too. I think they put them on YouTube. Yep. I did too. And I love them. Yeah. This They're was great. probably, I don't know, it was probably 10 years ago. I just watched a crap ton of them. Whenever Do you they, love James Lipton. <laughs> I like Will Ferrell doing James. Lipton. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I had always seen that skit in SNL. Yeah. And then it wasn't until because he always had this huge stack of index cards. And I thought that was an exaggeration. It's, it's a slight, slight exaggeration. But slight. Um, yeah. but no, yeah, I love the questions. I love the I mean, it's just very good interviews. But one of, with Steven Spielberg, um, he brought up a point to because he with inside the actor studio, if you haven't seen it, James Lipton pretty much goes through whoever he's interviewing. He starts with their parents. Yep. And then. All the way to today. All the way to today. And he touches on, I mean, depending on how large their filmography is, every single movie they've done. Yeah. Or um, just like the high points of if it's someone like Clint Eastwood that's been in like 147 whatever movies. Right. You can't talk about everyone. Yeah. Um, but he started off with um, Steven Spielberg in his childhood. His, uh, I, th- I believe his father was a computer programmer Mm -hmm. and his mother was a musician and but they eventually got divorced which led into a common theme throughout steven spielberg's movies with parents being divorced or single parent household stuff like that and um but when he when they got to close encounters of the third kind james lipton asked him he's like so at the end the scientists are communicating with the aliens by making music with computers. Do you think that's because you wanted your parents to find a way to communicate together? Because his right. mom was a music teacher or whatever, and his father was a computer programmer. And Steven Spielberg just kind of had this look of being dumb, <laughs> dumbfounded. He's like, I've never thought, but it was like a psychiatry yeah, yeah. moment where a therapist finally pinpointed something in the movie yeah. or Steven Spielberg was on life. the couch. Yeah. Steven Spielberg <laughs> was on the couch. And uh, that's one of my favorite uh, trivia things about this movie. Um, that's cool. I have to, I have to watch that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I like it again. It's a comfort movie. I've seen yeah. it enough times to where it's still entertaining. Some of the effects are dated, but for what they did 
at the time, I think was it's still pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Now I want to watch it. Yeah. It's fun. Man. But that's my number five. That's a great pick. Thank you. All right. My number five is The World's End. Uh, the World's End is the third movie in Edgar Wright's uh, ice cream flavor, Corrado? Cornetto. Cornetto trilogy, uh, which includes Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and then The World's End. Mm-hmm. I just love those three movies like so much. I, I, I love Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Their writing style is fantastic. The chemistry between Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, I mean, are just it's awesome. I I love this movie so much because of kind of the risk it took mm-hmm. with i mean it was it's a it, i think it was like 50 million dollars to produce and the pitch is you know the world's ending and the people that are going to save the world are five friends that are on a pub crawl getting drunk together mm-hmm. i mean it's it, it's it's out there it's way out there i i'm sh- the, the only reason it got greenlit is because of Shaun of the dead and hop that's that's yeah. it that, that's mainly it but essentially so simon Pegg plays gary king who is the best night of his life was when him and his four buddies went on a pub crawl in some small town in England, but they never, which consisted of 12 pubs, have a drink in each pub. You get to the last one called the world's end. And then that's, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had stupid missions like that growing up. where We wanted to go on an adventure doing something dumb like that, but they never got to the end. So he feels like there's something in his life that hasn't been completed yet. And it was the best moment in his life that he never got to, Actually, it was the best moment of his life, period. Uh, as you watch the movie throughout, he's kind of in a depressive lull. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of it's kind of like a problem film a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, dealing with alcoholism, sense of loss. Yep. Um, yeah, not letting go, um, knowing when to grow up, mm-hmm. knowing we've all we've all been there like, oh, my life was so much better when I was younger. Sure. We, we've all done that. And then you have kids you get older and you realize that you know life was fun when you were younger but i wouldn't want to go back to when i was younger Mm -hmm. i didn't have any money uh no purpose really yeah i was just the purpose was to have fun and you're just fucking around with your friends that was it just be Mm -hmm. uh but anyway that's the major theme of the movie it's just uh him trying to reconnect with his buddies because that was the best time of his life his buddies have moved on they don't really want to do it but he somehow convinces them to do it as they're Doing the pub crawl, they slowly realize that the town has been invaded by aliens. <laughs> it's the dumbest idea. And, uh, you know, help. that's the movie. That's the setup. It's mm-hmm. how are they going to how are they going to uh, jump this hurdle of aliens invading this small town and while still doing while still pub. doing their prep. That's what makes it funny. They're yep. still trying to finish the pub crawl because mm-hmm. they're drunk at that point when they find out. And they're just yeah. like, fuck it. Might as well. Yeah, I like it because, I mean, to be honest, it's probably my least favorite out of the three. Oh, okay. Um, I saw it in theaters. I was kind of let down, but that's just because I liked Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz so much. But at the same time, Hot Fuzz, I watched the first time. I was like, eh, Shaun of the Dead's better because I've seen it. It's one of those you see it more, you like it more. And But now it's the other way to where I like Hot Fuzz more. I, I don't know. They're both awesome but yeah um but uh the world's end is though i haven't seen it i've probably seen it twice okay so i think it's one if i watch it again and again and again i think it's gonna yeah and uh squishy squishy eggman and uh (laughs) i uh my my buddy uh that's what he calls sex so squishy squishy eggman yeah so like if we'll uh 
he's dating somebody I'm like oh you do squishy squishy Eggman yet and he's like no not yet <laughs> <laughs> but that's what uh, uh what i think nick frost said and uh when they started uh yes exploding their heads or whatever yes. they called them squish, yes. squishy, squishy Eggman. Eggman. Yep. um but yeah it's just because i haven't seen it enough times yeah um but i mean i enjoyed it i, I it has all the edgar wright isms and oh, yeah. to where he gives away the entire plot of the movie uh at the very beginning and if as long as you pick up on the tiny details or you read between the lines yep um but okay yeah i'd have to watch it again because i <clears throat> last time i saw it was probably maybe a year or two after it came out in th from theaters because i well actually probably probably a year after it came out in yeah theaters because it, i saw it in theaters and then i i bought it um when i was in my uh hoarder phase of your hoarder phase of buying physical media everywhere yep <clears throat> there it is look well, at that i'm looking over at jay's just yes, fucking stallions over there ridiculous stack goddamn of beautiful <laughs> dvds and blu-rays oh yeah oh, sweet, sweet jesus that's gonna that's just only gonna increase in value over the years it is yeah <laughs> dollars is what you're looking at matthew dollars <laughs> that's right it's like trading cards yeah <laughs> yeah but i i i it, it's a fun movie you're right it's got the edgar wright isms in it i mean there's a lot of there's some good fun action to it mm -hmm. um i mean just the writing's great oh, it's yeah. funny the, the pubs uh the pub names yeah like the, the, the two-headed two yeah i mean <laughs> a two-headed horse well that and it, it has to do with cock. what they face in the pub yes yeah and <laughs> yeah. um i it's yeah. yeah the writing of those very good yeah there it's just a fun movie mm -hmm. and uh I like it more. I watched it last week and it's better now because I'm older. I've been in that. You have friends that haven't moved on and mm -hmm. you know, you, but you're like, just, you know, all they want to talk about is like the good times and not like what they're doing right now. Name drop. Let's call them out. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Just one bill. All right. Bill. <laughs> but, but then it, it ends on a, on a good note because they reconcile their differences and, they, they, you know, he cares about him. He's still his friend. Mm -hmm. He doesn't hate him or anything. And he realizes that, you know, it ends on a good note. Yeah. And it's it's just a good, fun movie. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. Good. It made the list. Nice. It deserves to make the list. <laughs> All right. My number four. Another Spielberg movie. <clears throat> the obvious one. Okay. War of the Worlds. Nope. Wrong. E.T. I was thinking E.T. I was like, I forgot I did War of the Worlds. <laughs> Everyone else did too. Um, forgot about that movie. So uh, E.T., obviously, it's, again, it's one of those, I've seen it so many times as a it's kid. A great, it's a great movie. I like it because it's an alien movie 100% through the eyes of children. Yeah. Um, and other than maybe the explorers or i mean there's a couple of like earth to echo i think was a recent one that came out i didn't see any of those it felt like it was trying to be too spielbergy it was like shortly after super yeah, 8 I've came heard, out I, I heard of it um it didn't make 800 million dollars no okay no it made eight yes eight dollars eight dollars <laughs> okay <laughs> the um but i think it's um yeah one i mean the stories through the eyes of a child the camera yeah. is I mean, the camera angles are right at child, child height. height. Yep. Um, the sense of lack of trust in adults mm -hmm. um, screams 
I mean, eighties kind of, I mean the, in the, the acting of all the kids in the movie is probably one of the better examples of child acting in a film. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> plus the way they talk to each other. Um, because I, obviously you put yourself in Elliot's shoes as a viewer, but I mean, his older brother, I mean, I would, I could easily see my older brother. Oh yeah. In that role. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't have a little sister, mm -hmm. but my best friend had a little sister and I could see, um, see her there, see her there and, and very relatable. Um, it, it's not so watered down and to where there's nothing happening, but, um, I, I, I just, I feel like it's very organic. It's very genuine mm -hmm. with how they act. Um, and they're scheming and everything. I was like, don't tell mom don't. And um, yeah, but they're also, I mean, you have a hint that, uh, they allude to, uh, Elliot's father going away. So he has that part missing in his life. And, um, I think it's just a, again, the theme with the divorced parents, Yep, yeah. the divorced parents, the, um, but I think it's a very unique way to present aliens as well. Um, at least with ET to where, I mean, who knows how old he was? I mean, he kind of seems like a child, but at the same time, he's just he's like, I, I enjoy watching it thinking that imagine this being probably being the equivalent of like a 50 year old scientist yeah. just left on a random planet and he's like being fetched around by these kids <laughs> yeah and he's just wondering what he's thinking to where he's like hmm yeah what do i do here yeah he's like oh shit i guess we're doing this kind yeah. of a thing but then he has the wherewithal to create a telecommunications device to yeah he's a scientist he's a scientist so. yeah um but the, the the connection between i mean it's a feel-good movie obviously oh, yeah. i think it's um i think it's probably one of steven spielberg's best movies um and i think it still holds up oh yeah i mean a lot of these i think hold up. i mean Absolutely. close encounters is dated um but uh et i mean i don't know i i feel like i don't want to go i guess too deep i feel like we could talk about this for a whole episode but oh et uh, yeah um but i mean i think it's just it's it's a it's, it's just, a it's a wonderful movie, Jay. Yeah, it's just good. It is good. I remember watching it thinking, you know, as a kid, uh, looking back on it, like all the ideas they had and the interactions just like that's what I would do. Like mm -hmm. the whole Reese's Pieces thing. Yeah, that's a thinking about it. Like that's an everything makes sense yes. through the eyes of a yes. child. It's yes. all believable. There's yes. nothing that. I, that that would be like that wouldn't happen exactly. even when they steal the van and they're dry. oh yeah i i see kids doing that on tiktok now exactly. just to try and get viewers i can definitely see them let's outrun the cops friend. on our bikes yeah <laughs> yeah like we're gonna go through the woods do jumps like that's how you would think you would be evading you know mm -hmm. police officers in your head as yeah a kid and it's a child like and that's a perfect example to where a kid could watch that. Like, yeah, that could, Oh happen. yeah. That, that could definitely happen. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. But yeah. That moment when they fly off, mm -hmm. you, when you watch that as a kid, you're just like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I wish I could do that. <laughs> Where's my ET. Yeah. I mean, it's a tearjerker too at the end, especially the scene where Elliot, uh, sees ET and like the, what is it? Like the, 
that freeze but he's in like oh a, yeah a cryo chamber cryo or something. chamber yeah or freezer i mean it's probably a nice Whatever, chest or I something know. i mean that whole thing is just like ugh. yeah henry thomas man is just a great actor even yeah. as a child have you seen his audition it's no. on youtube is it good fucking <laughs> really yes like he's just straight in tears and then you hear St- steven spielberg uh you can just look it up uh henry thomas audition et on youtube and he's he's i think that it was some made-up scene or whatever for the movie or maybe it was something that cut but i didn't recognize the lines but he he's delivering the lines and he's crying and then he like pauses you could tell he got to the end of the scene and uh you hear steven spielberg in the background he's like okay kid you got it (laughs) (laughs) please stop crying the um yeah but yeah um yeah the emotion i mean oh the emotional beats are crazy it's i don't know as an adult i I still have a hard time not tearing up oh yeah watching this of course it's um i love the opening scene uh with henry and you know his mom and their family mm -hmm. eating pizza yeah oh well they're playing dungeons and dragons and because and then the play the play set in the back and just that whole setup Mm -hmm. yeah i relate to that because i grew up in a you know single mom household and all that stuff and it just it's perfect that's exactly what life was like with all those kids running around all she wants to do is get dinner on the fucking table and the kids are just crazy yeah and you're just flinging pizzas (laughs) just like calm the fuck down like it's 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 perfect chaos everywhere people talking over yeah over each other has one of my favorite insults ever in a movie trying to think penis breath yes There's nothing like that penis breath, and then the mother like <laughs> laughing. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hell <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> who who plays the mom? Uh, D Wallace. D Wallace. Thank you. It's like God, she was in the Howling. She's like a horror like icon almost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's uh, D Wallace. Yeah, Cujo. Cujo. Critters. That's right. Yeah. Man. Yeah, she's she's great in it. I mean it. <clears throat> Got Tom Skerritt in there, right? No. Oh, the guy who I always think is Tom Skerritt. P- Peter Coyote. Yes. Um, I always get Peter Coyote and Tom Tom Skerritt. It's like Sam Worthington and Joel Edgerton. I always, oh, yeah. I always get those two mixed up. Taylor Kitsch and... Uh, <laughs> Jai Courtney. Who's the, yeah, who's the other fuck boy? Jai Courtney. <laughs> F-boy. Yeah, fuck F-boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Drew Barrymore. How old was she? Like two in that movie or something? I know, and, yeah. Um, she was awesome. I think she did Firestarter like right after this. Yeah. The, the rest is history. And she and, started doing drugs the year after that. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the sense. Th- there's nothing that I feel like has compared to that as far as the optimism, the the sense of adventure of trying to yeah. help somebody. But yeah, all the kids reacting to where, Oh, can we keep them? Yeah. Like trying like to keep them like as a pet. Yeah. yeah. And, um, everything there was, I mean, I keep saying it was so organic and the, the way he was able to get those performances out of those kids. Um, I mean, they, um, I think the last scene that they filmed when they said goodbye to ET was the last scene that they filmed with ET mm. and Spielberg set it up that way because he said, okay, you're going to say you're going to be saying goodbye to E.T. This is the last you're seeing him. And that was the last they saw him. And so some of those emotions, especially from Drew Barrymore, is probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
because I think they had an actor in E.T.'s outfit. Granted, the head was uh, motorized or whatever, yep. but um, yeah. I think. I'll be right here, Jay. <laughs> yeah. Great pick. That's an awesome movie. Yeah. I love it. That almost made my list, too. That was an honorable mention. Didn't make the list, though. It's not good. good enough, huh? But it's good. But no, it's, it wasn't it's great. good enough. It's good. It's great. You know, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and ET are the reason why he made War of the Worlds. Oh, to offset the offset uh, the the tone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tom Cruise wanted to make it an action movie. Yeah, the um, yeah, and I I I struggled because uh, when I was making this top five, Chris was like, "Oh, Close Encounters will be on there." I'm like, "Well, I'm not so sure." And then I watched Fire in the Sky, and then I was like, "What?" Looking at, the, at these other movies, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, that's on there." Yeah, but it's on I there. didn't want to have two Spielberg movies on there. But well, he's so good, Jay. He is. He you is can't, good. You can't deny it. So. All right, good pick. My number four, yes, is Contact. Hmm. By Robert Zemeckis. <clears throat> that you... is my number two. Is it? Yes. Oh, so we can talk about it then. Yes, we can. Together. Fine. One one that is So it's on a the little low list. on your list, I think. Right. Um but go ahead. Sure. Uh I think this movie was greenlit after the success of Independence Day. Probably because uh, I believe it came out in ninety seven. Yep. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I think this movie didn't really hit when it came out was because of that. And it was my initial negative reaction to the movie is mm-hmm. because I was still on the Independence Day train when I saw this movie. And there's that good bit on South Park where, you know, Mr. Garrison has nightmares and he That's wakes dad up or whatever. It's like, it's like, I <laughs> it's like, spent three hours watching that movie to find out the alien was her fucking father. <laughs> <laughs> And that's exactly how I felt. Uh, what was I, 12 when I saw it? Uh, because Independence Day ruined it for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I've watched it, you know, over the years as I've been getting older. I watched it last week and it's just phenomenal. But it's fantastic. It, it makes sense why you would be disappointed because, I mean, I was, I remember watching Alien. I want to see the alien. I want to know more about the exactly. alien. What, tell me all about the alien. And exactly. And I'm not in that point in my life right now where I, I really don't care what the alien looks like. We're just we're just bombarded with the CGI. Special and it's not special anymore. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. It's the I, idea behind and the execution as far as exactly. like the results or like the the effect of a- absolutely. And I thought this this movie does one of the best jobs of setting up the uh quote unquote adventure you're about to go on. Just from when they discover the sound to when they build up to actually building the uh the structure mm-hmm. it's unbelievable like how they make frequencies and quasars and pulsars and the infinite and the infinity of space interesting mm-hmm. to a lot of people that's you know boring i'm a big space nerd i, I find all that that shit fascinating it fascinates me have you read the book no by carl sagan yeah i want to yeah i haven't read it either um but i think that probably that's probably where they grabbed a lot of that oh yeah stuff which probably helps the feel more true or more yep um i like the idea of the whole story between you know death and religious belief themes those are all well done i thought jodie foster's character arc was well done you know she's so sure of herself but by the end she experiences something in the end that challenges her beliefs uh like that arc was 
so well done. And I don't care who you are, the, the end where she meets her dad, you know, they set that whole thing up perfectly with the, the little moments and everything. Mm. Uh, it's not disappointed at all when, when you get to the point where she goes through, she goes through all the wormholes and everything. And, and it's not really her dad. Yeah. It's just making her feel comfortable. And I, I felt a different thing. I didn't feel like to where it challenged her beliefs. I, I felt like the, the reason why I like it is because it's a dichot, it's a, a comparison or not comparison, but it's a conflict between faith and science mm-hmm. to where she is always science-based. Um, I looked at as far as her arc to where she always takes things. If there's evidential proof of something happening mm-hmm. um, and she is driven by that and then at the by the end of the movie she is presented in a scenario to where she has to tell her experience and the the people she has no physical evidence and she's having to rely on people's faith to believe her yeah where she wouldn't give some she would not do the same thing unless there was empirical evidence of something happening um to where um so i kind of always felt like is is kind of faith and science um Everything that she's been saying all the way up to that point where she's getting interrogated, it's being flipped on her. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's perfect. Yep. Great setup. And you're right. <clears throat> that, that's a good point. She doesn't really change her beliefs, but she changes her belief that you need to have empirical scientific proof in order for something to actually exist or to be actually happen. happening, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. What did you think of Matthew McConaughey, though? I Do you think he was miscast or? No. Um, you like him in it. I, I like him in it. I actually, I like the relationship in it. I do too. Um, because it's good. You have, I mean, there are two people in a relationship. You have one that's, um, their entire, I guess, outlook on life is based on religious faith. And then you have one who's the exact opposite with mm-hmm. science. So if they made the movie today, it would be, um, they wouldn't have that relationship. They'd be yelling at each other and everything else they couldn't have an adult conversation on their differences but the they fact, couldn't exist in yeah, the same room with each other you have some people that can't even talk yeah. to family members if they have different political beliefs yeah. and to where having two people that aren't related or just happen to meet at a party realizing they're different but still having i guess the maturity to understand where the other person's coming from putting that aside but then enjoying the fact that they enjoy each other right um i like that aspect of it um i also like the relationship because the entire like throughout the movie you have matthew mcconaughey uh explaining to ellie that uh, or jodie foster's character that sometimes things require a little bit of faith right she's like well i don't think i could ever do that he's like well i mean maybe maybe not but at the end it's if this movie was made today and she was like, Oh, do you believe me? He'd be like, it'd be something along the lines of no, I don't. Well, it would be like a, <laughs> like spitting in her face or like, ha, I told you so now you see the value of faith, blah, blah. It would be so juvenile, juvenile hashtag faith. No more. Yeah. And, <laughs> but to where, when she feels so alone because no one believes her, <clears throat> he does. Right. And, that's what I like about that relationship because it's, it's an, an actual mature relationship between two people that are very different mm-hmm. as far as ideologies. Right. Um, and it, and it works. It does um, work. It's well done. And they don't, they don't diminish the other person. B 
because of their beliefs or because of um, what they require. Yeah. Um, I think that's why they're attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. They see, they see, maybe there's something there that I haven't really thought of. Sure. And, and I'm attracted to why I'm attracted to the fact that they are so, uh, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, not, not in opposite. No, no, no. They're, they're, they, they just believe what they believe so wholeheartedly. Okay. It's they're just, they're strong in, con, they're in their convictions. Thank you. Strong yeah. in their convictions. Yep. They're attracted to that. And of course they're not experts in their field of study. So mm-hmm. there's something there that they want to learn that, that they're, they're just attracted to the passion that someone has in their, in their field of study. Uh, they've dedicated their life to it. Uh, because they see that in, in themselves mm-hmm. because Jodie Foster is obviously obsessed with astronomy and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. I just thought he, he seemed young. And the first actor I thought of was Tom Hanks. I'm like, okay. they had Tom Hanks in here. He'd be like, perfect. But then they'd have to have Meg Bryan. <laughs> I know. That's Jodie Foster. So. I know. But no, he's, he's, he's good in it. I'm, I'm not saying that that puts a downer on the movie. Mm-hmm. I just thought if I could improve it, I'd probably cast Tom Hanks and Robert Zemeckis loves Tom Hanks. So, the, um, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have this. Ninety seven. Apollo thirteen was around that time. Oh, it's a great movie. Nine. This is ninety seven. This is a uh, time to kill. That's true. And uh, they needed. Yeah. Needed a Texan in there. Yeah, I mean they do a great job with the sciencey stuff. It's so great. Mm-hmm. The I love it. I like the adult look to of it to where um you have the bureaucracy of mm-hmm. the government, like how. She's ignored, she's ignored, she's ignored. Someone makes a discovery, and then everyone jumps on once a piece of yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And everyone wants credit. Like, I I think of, thinking about this movie, I think of uh, probably how things work at Apple, to where someone makes a oh, breakthrough, yeah. and then at the end you have Steve Jobs or Tim Cook coming out, and like, <laughs> here it is, people. Um, or the internet. Yeah. I invented the internet. Yeah, I invented the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, four scientists are in a back room like that motherfucker. I know. Um, but I like how they're ignored until they find something. And then, okay, this is no longer your thing. We're going to take over because we know better. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's very realistic. I feel like you have the government bureaucracy. You have decisions led by committee as far as who do we pick. And then you have the extremist result. of Because it, it explores a little bit about how society would kind of treat this where you you would have the religious nut jobs um trying to sabotage something or um you have the wackos like ah yeah, <laughs> like they have no i mean it's just um it, it shows i think a little bit of um some of the best and wor- worst part of society oh sure um but it's all just kind of boggled down by this bureaucratic crap mm-hmm. that you, you just kind of feel like it's out of or Ellie feels just it's just out of your control. It's so larger than you now that you're you're being lost to where um being able to be a part of it is just slipping. Right. And the only person that can circum circumvent the government bureaucracy is is an eccentric billionaire played by John Hurt or today yeah. uh Jeff Bezos who shoots penises in space and Elon Musk who does what he whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah. Um that was such a good allegory. I don't even obviously they didn't they didn't mean to reflect on that in 97 but mm-hmm. today's society with jeff bezos and they, like doing whatever they want to do yeah and i think it's always been that way it's just people are more yeah. aware of it now yeah true to where it's true oh some some rich guy can do whatever he wants yeah that's that's been the, the thing since the beginning of time right um what a great scene by the way 
where yeah. he reveals there's a second. Oh yeah, he's I like, oh, it. I was up here and uh, want to go for a ride. <laughs> John Hurt's great. Turns out the zero gravity is the only thing keeping <laughs> the cancer from eating me alive. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Um, what are you living for? <laughs> but uh, another thing I like about this is I think it has probably one of the strongest female characters. Oh, yeah. In a story. Everyone typically talks about when someone writes a strong female character, especially if it's a guy who writes a strong female character, most of the time they have to beat somebody up which is completely unfucking believable right. because if you weigh 90 pounds or 110 pounds and you go up against a 250 pound guy or 250 pound anything mm -hmm. you're going to lose sure um, that's physics Jay. yeah but <laughs> when people think strong female characters they think oh they got to kick ass they got to act like a man they got to do this they got to no 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 um i think it I think she's probably one of the strongest female characters simply because one, she starts out the, I mean, she's very determined. She's a mm -hmm. determined person. She is uh, trying to get funding uh, for satellite time and everything else. And then um, she has to fight to get that. Once she gets that, then um, she's looking, she finds something. Once she finds something, then turns into her trying to, show people what this is then she accomplishes that goal then after that they start trying to take it away from her to where they have the decision by committee who should we pick to represent the blah 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 um of our human race and they have they're interviewing all these people you get tom scarrett in there who's like oh and i would represent uh as a god-fearing man and black and they're like oh because they need a christian for some reason because mm -hmm. they would have the same religion right as us um but when she's being interviewed, she doesn't, um, what do I have here? She doesn't bend her character to get what she wants. Mm -hmm. She's strong she, in her convictions. Yeah. She doesn't change herself. Even though she knows what she could say. She doesn't do it. She doesn't do it because yeah. that's not who she is. Not so much as, oh, I'm going to say what I want. Fuck them. It's more of, that's not the type of person I am. I'm not going to represent myself as that type of person just to get what I want. Right. Um, integrity. She I mean, sacrifice her integrity. Yeah. And um, what's integrity, Jay? Uh, what? <laughs> Today's world? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Come on. That's make believe. But um, and <clears throat> then, but she gets rewarded in that as far as not, um, uh, not uh, not destroying her. Not, what's the word? Not I don't know what the fuck, but she gets rewarded <laughs> for being who she was. Once they pick her to go, shit start gets crazy. She's in the second ship thing, yeah. and uh, vibrations start going, and then so she has courage because when they're about ready to stop it, she's just whispering like she's probably scared to fucking oh, death, yeah. and she's like, "I'm okay to go. I'm okay to go. Yeah. I'm okay to go." And then uh, William Fichter says, "Oh nope." She's still there. Send her. She sends. She's going through the wormhole. She still has a wherewithal to be logical and mm -hmm. just narrate, like just commenting on everything that she's seeing as she's going through this trip that no one in the human race has experienced. And then when she gets back, people are calling her crazy or a liar, and she's still yeah who she is. And um, 
that that's how you write a strong like not even not even a strong female character that's how you write a strong character, character right um <clears throat> and jodie foster i think is probably i could do a whole oh yeah she's podcast awesome. on most of her characters she plays are strong female characters plus it's written and i don't, i think it's to jodie foster's credit because she's very charismatic um but also she does it in a way to where she's not a bitch yeah she's not shrill she's not whiny which is not something that can be said for a lot of other characters so you get characters like on breaking bad or um oh trying to think uh like uh uh, Sopranos, it wasn't too much, but I remember with Breaking Bad, Anna Gunn's character, I was like, oh, she's a bitch, blah, blah, blah. Part of that was because she was going against the protagonist, quote right. unquote, of the show. And people were getting annoyed by it because it was just a, a nuisance or whatever. Right. Um, but she she does it like a human would. I mean, she's not. Um, like a human would? Yeah, like a human. Like, <laughs> like because you can, you can be determined and you can be um without being condescending without being condescending without being pompous um, pompous, without being a bitch without being an asshole so um i mean guys fall into it too so but um so i think i mean that's i think a credit with the screenwriters the director and jodie foster absolutely being able to pull off that character um because it is i mean it's a female-led movie and it's um difficult but they also they don't do what they do now in movies which is make the the guy look like a fucking idiot or make all the males look like an idiot because all the, everyone that's against her, they're not brought up. They're not stupid people. No, they're um, very optic focused individuals to where they know. I mean, they're, they're political, like they're politicians almost um, saying what they know, what people want to hear them say and stuff like that. And they're, they're clever in them trying to, get what they want um and so is um ellie in this movie um no one's made out to be a dummy or like the slapstick of a joke no yeah especially you you would think james woods would character would be like the dummy idiot guy that's just out Mm -hmm. he's not he's just pragmatic and yeah like you said political he knows what angle he's taking Mm -hmm. that's why that scene with him and angela bassett by the way angela bassett's great in this movie yep she's smart uh that scene with him with him and her at the end where she she's she's what interests me is the you know 18 hours of silence that she recorded Mm -hmm. and then he's he's like uh internalizing it and he's like that is very interesting (laughs) you know yeah it's like that's interesting that is interesting it's very well done yeah um yeah i love it yeah i love it I, i think it's it's great yeah it's yeah, one of my favorites that he directed, uh, Robert Zemeckis. Um, everyone's good in it. I mean, the act. I mean, it's just the characters are yeah. are well done. Maybe it's. I'd like to read the book. I would too. Um, I'm a big fan of Carl Sagan, but I feel like it's a very realistic look as far as what would happen. Sure. Um, and I, it's entertaining. I've watched it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times. Oh yeah. But it's. Uh, I have this at number two because number one edged out with style edged out with style yeah that's that's the only reason i think yeah and i'll get to that when i get to number one but um no okay yeah mine was number four just because the my top three are i it's my own opinion i just like them a little a, Mm -hmm. a smidge more than contact but contact is great i 
you get that whole that whole uh, uh, scene with where she's talking to Matthew McConaughey, and she says, uh, you know, if you know there are four four hundred billion stars in the sky right now in our galaxy alone, and if one percent of those had planets, and one percent of those planets had life, and if one of those one one percent of those had intelligent life, there could literally be billions of planets with life on it, and that's just in our galaxy alone. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like, what a mind fuck. It's just yeah. crazy. It just opens up all these, like, back to the, back to the themes of, you know, religious beliefs and, uh, being an expert on something, just something that's that massive, mm-hmm. you know, being strong in your convictions and not, not believing in something unless you have empirical proof of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a funny dichotomy when you, you have someone with religious beliefs and scientific wherewithal having a discussion on you know you know is there a god or something with something as massive as the universe yeah it's just there's so much that you don't know Mm -hmm. in physics you know especially when you go into quantum physics and all that shit it's just crazy it opens up so many different avenues and ideas that you could dive into yeah i want to watch it again just i mean in this kind of because they they were talking about uh occam's razor oh yeah as far as uh the simplest explanation tends to be the correct one. Right. All things um, being equal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like how she brings it like, this is one of the, the conversations that she's having with Matthew McConaughey's character to where, um, what, what do you think? What, what makes more sense that there's an all powerful being that created everything in the world mm-hmm. or that we as humans just created him. So we don't feel so lonely in the universe. Right. And then he had some kind of quip after that. But again, like you say that to somebody, who their entire professional career is based on a belief, mm-hmm. people just start yelling at each other. They, they, they couldn't, they yeah. can't have that. And that's why I like you have that debate throughout this whole movie um, in a mature way to where now people's, I, I think people have taken their beliefs or their ideas and they've ingrained them so much as far, and they believe that those beliefs and ideas are who they are so much as a person that if someone questions it, it's attacking them personally. Right. And then that I think is what causes people not to grow, not to be able to um, change a viewpoint or at least listen to an opposite idea is because they, all they're thinking is when someone says, so like Matt, if you're a religious person, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, what makes more sense? I I think we possibly made up God and just society made him up just so that way either to re- keep people in power or whatever to where all you're hearing is you're a fucking idiot right because you believe in god what is wrong with you you dumbass i mean that's and, and then that's what sparks horrible conversations, conversations yeah. yeah but um but i think that's this movie does a good job of kind of breaking that barrier down mm-hmm. yeah and it's really well done and i think yeah and again if this movie was made now there would be cartoon caricatures of people i mean james wood's character would end up being like a uh over the top asshole yeah like some like ted cruz guy or like yeah and it would just it wouldn't be it'd obviously be one note it would probably be oh science is all right and yeah all knowing and then and religion is dumb which i'm i was a religious person when i was younger not so much anymore Mm mm-hmm and but i like that i like those two different spectrums just playing off each other sure um to where each side has its 
validation sure. in the world to where sometimes you need a little bit of faith that something happened and take sure. somebody's word for it. And each side has work to do. And just because you didn't see something doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. So, um, but at the same time, it's also valuable to have empirical evidence of something. So it's true, Jay. But but you can't have two making, things at the same time. You're making too much damn sense. <laughs> I want to argue. Yeah, I hate society. I know. Um, so we're so nice to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you just go see the movie and enjoy yourselves? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my, yeah, number four is contact. All right. And you're number two, huh? My number two. Perfect. Well, so. what's your number three, Jay? Uh, my number three, where is it? Oh, uh, the only good oh. Ridley Scott movie. The Alien. Martian? Yes, The Martian. <laughs> Alien. Gladiator? <laughs> gladiator <laughs> oh white squall I, actually no that's not bad that's not a bad one all right his 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 one of two one of two good okay. movies um yeah alien 1979 it's i'm sure everyone's seen it if you haven't seen it go watch it it's good so do you like alien more than aliens yes i like that i i like be, aliens is an action movie very much so it's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I like Alien because I, I like what the movie sets up a lot better. Um, hmm. Meaning, I like the fact that it takes place on a spaceship. Yeah. They're trapped and they, well, they get a distress signal, something happens, and then now they're stuck with the situation. Um, and I think, I think it says a little bit more. Um, tonal wise uh but i mean there's i there's the underlying theme of like working class struggles mm -hmm. so you have um you have parker and brett uh you get a couple scenes of them bitching about the amount that they're getting paid on this job yeah. and they're bitching to to ripley and to tom scarrett god tom scarrett and uh you oh, beautiful bastard and uh <laughs> john hurt uh, two two people from Contact Gosh. and two. I wonder yeah. if they did that on purpose. I don't know. Um, they're just good. Yeah, they are. They're just good. The uh, but yeah, you have Parker and Brett bitching to Dallas and Ripley as far as their pay for the job and blah blah blah. And then you get Ripley saying, "Fuck, my, that's your contract. Like, yeah. I I can't do anything no about up it." Or shut up, bro. Yeah, but so you have <laughs> them. You have Ripley and Dallas dealing with them. And it's not a major part of the movie, but it's there. There's like a scene or two. Um, and then you have. And they're trying to like kind of not put them in their place, but like, all right, come on, just do what you need to do. But then they're kept in the same situation mm. by Ash and the corporation as a whole. Yeah. Because the corporations was aware of the distress signal or what have you to where they had to bring they back. To a, they had to bring back a sample or you don't get paid. Yeah. And um, and I like that because it was you get both sides of it to where. Uh, just do what I say, make my life easier. Meanwhile, they're like, no, we can't do what you're saying. Uh, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. different perspectives of the same kind of animal. Yep. Um, but I like that. I like the dirty, dark space. The what so, space? Dirty, dark space. It is dirty, dark. So yep. it's, it's not, I mean, you have, when they're waking up from hibernation, you have some of the white, the cleanness or whatever, but then it, it feels like a lived in ship. Um, mm -hmm. it, there's dirt, there's water leaking everywhere. There's, I mean, it's, 
it's dirty. I feel like that was a change from a lot of pristine sci-fi stuff. Usually everything's so damn clean. Yeah, like 2001 Space yeah. Odyssey. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you get Star Trek and Star and Wars. All, Star, yeah. Yeah. Star Wars had a little bit of the grunge, but it wasn't like it felt like a worked and lived in mining facility. Correct. I mean, it was dirty. It wasn't always clean. It looked like the barracks of a ship. Mm -hmm. And I like the. I like the idea of the alien in this to where it's not you. I mean, usually it's like an intelligent being or it's like a force to be reckoned with, which it is in this movie, but it's just an animal. It's like a lion. Yeah. It's like a tiger. <laughs> the uh, just wants to kill, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the. Um, I, just, I just like it's a group of people. Yeah. In over their head. They don't know what the hell it is. You don't really know what it is. It's just you just know it's an alien life form and they're yep. they're scared shitless and they got to figure out how to survive it and yep. um i like that's why i like alien is because of the unknown when you get into aliens it's it's more aggressive in the sense of it's hard for me to buy into it more so than alien alien feels like oh they got fucked over by their company mm -hmm. highly believable oh yeah um this one was or aliens is oh yeah you gotta gotta go with these people oh they'll be marines which i, I still if i was ellen i'd be like fuck no i'm no, not going no i'm not fucking no no, not. no. <laughs> there's more than one yeah oh um, no i'm not going but uh i love the single setting of it i love single setting movies mm -hmm. love it i i think it it helps it it lets the characters breathe well, that and it, it helps it Intimate. Um, be more creative. Yes. Because not only do you have to fill the time, but hopefully you fill the time creatively mm -hmm. to where you can put them in unique situations or you can just kind of let the story play out. Um, but I mean, I think the acting's great in it. Um, I like I like the effects. I think the effects still hold up over time. Um, Especially from like 79. Yeah. The oh, costume. Yeah. Uh, it's great. The, uh, the, the chest bursting scene, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, Ash, the Android, uh, some of the, when they re redo the Android. Yeah. It's a little hokey, but, um, but yeah, Yin home is Ash. Yeah. Great scene. Bilbo, with, baby. Just, just rolled up a magazine. He's like shoving it down the throat. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how, I guess that's how you could kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to know why, yeah. but <laughs> don't want to choke on a fucking sports illustrated. <laughs> but um yeah. I the the, the I, mood. I actually saw aliens before alien. Mm -hmm. I didn't see alien until high school. I saw aliens first too. Actually, I saw Alien 3. I think it was the first one uh, I saw. Um and <clears> then I saw aliens and then I saw alien. Yeah. And I was shocked about how scary alien was mm -hmm. just the mood yeah the tension like wow this is a completely different movie from aliens i was expecting to like shoot him up or something mm -hmm. like that and uh yeah ridley scott's only good movie i take i take exception to that <laughs> i said one of two white squall's not bad i know white squall <laughs> jeff bridge's finest performance but um but i like alien because it's not it doesn't answer it doesn't answer questions because it doesn't yeah. need to. You, need you know to. what it is. It's it's a fucking animal from yeah. another planet. And which the other subsequent movies ruined. Yeah, think? because they keep it. They have to ex explain where it came on the from. Lore and all this other crap. Then uh, you get Prometheus. 
and uh alien, alien covenant, covenant and alien Ugh. uh resurrection uh-huh. and yeah. um but i didn't mind prometheus if it didn't if it wasn't related to alien mm-hmm. if it was just a creation story yep just leave out Alien and just make a good sci-fi movie. I would have been fine with it. Yeah, that. they could have just had it. Oh, we're going to find our creators. Yeah. And then they fucking kill them. When they find them. Like, exactly. What the fuck are you doing here? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's an interesting idea. You didn't like have someone has it. an ant farm and then the ants got out and the guy's like, ah, oh, shit. And they just start yeah. slapping the ants. That's right. <laughs> kill them. Burn them. <laughs> Magnifying glass. Yeah. Well, blame Damon Lindelof and J.J. Abrams and that whole bad robot company. I do. It's just... They've only done they have, one. They, they they've, they've, they won, they've done one good thing. They don't know how to finish an idea. They don't. They just have good set and good concept, and then oh, it's related to X, Y, Z, and it's like why? Yep. You guys were off to a great start, and you're just ruining it. Well, they're good at coming up with ideas. Anyone can come uh, up with ideas. It's true. Anyone just can't can stick the landing. No. It's a but, great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hate what it's turned into. Um, I do too. I don't mind the uh, the mix with Predator. Like no, I think those in, are fun. I think in uh, Predator was a Predator too. Like they had like the alien skull yeah. on the ship or something like that. Yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah, I like that. Why not? Um, the yeah, I like I like Alien. You don't need to know what it is. You just no. The airlock again, another strong female character. Um, Maybe the strongest like ever written. She's great. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah, Ripley's fantastic. Both, yeah. both of them. The wasn't she nominated for an Oscar for Aliens? I think she was. I don't know. Pretty sure that she requires was. research. I don't look into I don't, awards. I, listen, I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, not anymore about Oscars or awards. At one, They're all at one point in time, I did, but I don't anymore. All dumb. She deserved it because, man. Yeah, she's fantastic, and it's and it kind of as far as a horror slasher film, it still kind of follows those tropes. Like you have the 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 final girl and yeah and everything else. So, stuff. um, and that's fun. But I, but to your point about Jodie Foster's character in Contact, she doesn't have to prove that she's a strong woman by like beating up the men. She's just confident in mm-hmm. what she knows, and she's she's just strong. Yeah, she's and, a strong leader. Yeah, and I think, but and. Ripley's just a different version of another strong, either female or just strong character to where you're put in a situation you you need to find something within yourself to be able to get you through it. Right. And use with what you have at your disposal. And especially when she becomes um a uh um a, the leader. Yeah. Eventually, because um I'd have to watch again and see how uh when Dallas bites it or whatever, but um to where she kind of takes she takes charge takes charge not just because she's um next in line for command but she's just, not freaking out yeah she's the yeah. only one that's keeping her shit yeah um she's thinking sort of clearly to where and then also if they would have just fucking listened to her wouldn't even been a thing that's true because they should have been kept in quarantine that's right but fucking Don't bilbo <laughs> wanted to do his fucking once because the company programmed them oh, that's right bilbo was in on it the uh but yeah i mean and they felt like real people um yeah. they've it's like that you took like a group of people working on a man, mining facility or yeah. like a 
uh, an oil rig or something, and then you put them on a spaceship. That's and right. same kind of attitude. I mean, they're it's not so set far in the future that they're unrelatable. It's just yeah. It's not like those guys went through extensive, you know, astronaut training mm -hmm. to get on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great movie. Yeah. I like it. I like it too. Ridley Scott's best. Ridley Scott's best. His best. Yeah. You know what? You were in no, the no, Navy right. and you shit on the flag when you say this isn't the best that an Englishman made. Yeah. You know, he's Australian, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Jay. He's from down on down. So yeah, Alien is my number three. Nice. My number three is Signs. Oh. Yes. Damn it. What? <laughs> that is my number one. Is it really? We are shooting my wad. Get the as fuck out of here. Top, that's, your, that's your number that's one? That's my number one. That's shocking. Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, awesome. What were you expecting to, my number one to be? I thought it, I, I didn't think it was going to be Signs. Because, uh, like, are you a big M. Night Shyamalan fan? Not particularly. Right. But this one is very good. This is probably my favorite one that he did. It's my favorite. It's my favorite one. Mm -hmm. I always have a toss up between Unbreakable and this one is my favorite M. Night movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's probably this one. It's probably yeah. the one I would go back to more. Yeah. I, I feel like Signs is the rewatch value, I think, is higher. It's great. And I made a comment <clears throat> that Contact was almost going to be number one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. this one. And I'll, I know it's your number three, but I'll, I'll just, the reason no, why ahead. it edged out for me to get number one is the overall feel. Yeah. I mean, the title designs on the opening credits has that 1950s B movie, yeah. like, you know, sci-fi uh, feeling all the, I mean, the military uh, character that is in the recruiting office yeah. when he's talking to Joaquin, guys, it's like some McCarthyan style, just yeah. like old timey, like you you could take him, put him in a 1950s B movie about aliens. He would perfectly yeah, fit. fit right in. Um, score is amazing. Yeah. The score. Um, everything about the movie is just has that B movie feel, but um, it does it in a, it doesn't feel old. Yep. It just adds to the eeriness or the uh, suspense uh, throughout the movie. And that's one of the great, aspects of the movie he takes a page out of spielberg where he doesn't show the alien right away he doesn't beat you over the head with it at all mm -hmm. kind of like jaws um yep. he lets the sounds of like the environment like build the tension mm -hmm. like i mean jay you've been in a cornfield before like at night or just I, outside i remember watching because this came out in 2002 yeah i lived at that time i lived Near cornfields. Near cornfields. And I, yeah. I still remember the drive home because... Oh, really? Yeah. And it's built up now over the past 20 years, but there's more houses and stuff. But I remember driving every time I drive uh, to my parents' house, I there was cornfields on each side and you would be driving and your headlights are illuminating because I think it was like 1130 at night. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, and I'm just expecting to see a leg popping yeah. out of the cornfield <laughs> yeah. or some, like a flash of a being just kind of yeah. popping out and then like yep. running across the street or something. And it's, it's great. It's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. And even the sound of corn, like in mm -hmm. the wind, it yeah, sounds, the rustling. it sounds like there's someone in there. 
like walking around or just yeah. kind of just scurrying. or it could just be the wind blowing could be the wind blowing it does it so great mm-hmm. it's so perfect so the suspense in this movie is is why it's just so well done yeah i i think it's his i think <laughs> it's probably his best movie yeah a lot of people again like unbreakable yep. um the it's i like that idea yeah a lot yeah the idea is good i think unbreakable is it, it deserved a better trilogy i think but um i mean it was the first grounded thing but i mean i think signs everything together the music the setting the story the um, performances the performances everything i think was probably the best i think it's his best done movie yeah altogether. i agree yeah i like joaquin phoenix and mel gibson in this mm-hmm. their chemistry is great yeah I like Mel Gibson's story arc. I mean, can we can we just talk about how good Mel Gibson is as an actor? He's phenomenal. Yeah. Especially in this movie. The So for those of you who haven't seen Science, I'm sure you have, but the whole story is set up of a guy with his brother living in the guest house and his two children. Their wife has his wife has obviously passed away. He's a former priest and He's lost his faith because of his wife's death. So the whole arc of the story is him kind of regaining his faith back centered around an alien invasion movie, which mm-hmm. is an interesting concept. You wouldn't think yeah. that those two would like uh, marry each other so well. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, the whole, his whole arc is, uh, especially the scene where he, um, cause he's very reserved throughout the whole movie. He's not one of those, uh, he doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, there's hints of it throughout the movie, throughout the story, with the interaction of the people in the town and the uh, police chief, who pl- is played by Cherry Jones, by the way, and she's awesome in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's great. Um, and then it builds up to, you know, because you, you don't know why. You know she died, but you don't know how she died and mm-hmm. how awful she died and why he's kind of reserved and doesn't want to talk about it all that much. You think he doesn't want to talk about it because uh, uh, he he lost his faith, but when the scene comes where... You know, he goes up to the crash site and Cherry Jones comes up and she kind of gives him the news that, you know, the car is pinned up against the tree and it's kind of holding your wife together. And he's mm-hmm. like, are you telling me this is the last time I'm going to talk to my wife? She's like, yes, it is. Yeah. And then that's when it hits like, oh, OK. All right. I know why he's kind of been like this throughout the whole movie. Oh. Man, that scene is just. Whew, it's like a mm-hmm. tearjerker. Yep. He's so he does it so well. Yeah. And Cherry Jones, we're. we're she has that like uh that like like yeah, this could be the last time. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh my god. I don't know yeah. how many takes they did, but man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah, because it was not to beat a dead horse on it, but yeah, she was like, Yep, the car is uh, holding your wife together. Graham, do you understand what I'm telling you? Mm-hmm. You're telling me this is the last time I'm gonna speak with my wife. Yeah. Yes. And oh, so heartbreaking. Yeah. So yeah they're the alien parts of the movie are the suspense is done very well but then god it piles on top there's layers to it like that layer that emotional beat that, that hits with it is just and then when they're attacking and the asthma attacks from his son and mm-hmm. you know god don't do this to don't take him from me you know that whole thing i i don't know what else to say it's just so well it's it's yeah the layers are so great i like a lot of <clears throat> this i think this movie gets unfairly shit on because People always bring up, oh, why would aliens come to a planet 
with all this water. water and oh Bob, I mean, why would an alien come to a planet with so much water if it hurts them? To put it in perspective, what country would go to another country that is hostile? Almost the entire population is hostile against incoming forces for the sake of oil. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, if if you just think about it to where would we ever go visit something to where, oh, uh, this would be extremely valuable if we came here. Yes. Okay. Is there anything on there that could kill us? Well, there's life, uh, other, other animal life. There's... Um, Oh, there's uh, methane gas. Okay, so we wear spacesuits. All right, what else? Um, well, there's radiation. Yeah, can we still make money? Yeah, yeah we're going. We're going. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, I mean, people shit on about that. Uh, people, I think they talk about like, oh, they they travel all the way across the galaxy and they can't figure out how to open up a pantry door. Yeah, uh, find an old door with an old latch that you've never seen before and see if you can open it up on the first drive. Plus, was there a doorknob on the other side of the door of the pantry? Yeah. Or a rotary phone. Or, I mean, there's, there's kids that don't know how to work a VCR. Yep. I mean, it's, it's technology. I mean, they could have gotten past that technology for generations. And they have no idea that, what, yeah, exactly. No idea how to operate do it. Operate it. Um, yeah, and if they've evolved this long with their minds, they're not going to be, mm -hmm. you know, brutes. They're not going to be like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, just powerful, powerful beings. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the gravity on their planet isn't the same gravity as on Earth, and they're just weighed down. Just, mm -hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a. Um, I like it because it's, it's a small movie. Yep. It's about an alien invasion, but it's about this family and how they deal with it. Yep. Um, you have a little bit of the town people. Um, but I feel, I mean, I like the seclusionness. Mm -hmm. I like at the end to where they're alone in this house and it's just them. And the, the Marines aren't going to come in and everything. It's just, nope, this family's, there's other shit happening all around the world too. You don't see those stories. It doesn't matter. Um, Which would probably happen in a rural area. Yeah. You're not going to, be rescued mm -hmm. like they can't rescue everybody if an alien invasion happened yeah and i think this this movie is very fatalist <clears throat> um meaning everything happens for a reason yep um i don't know if m night uh Shyamalama ding dong is religious he usually has religious undertones mm -hmm. um in a lot of his movies um and but this is a very fatalist movie to where everything happens for a reason. Yep. I don't personally believe in that, but I like stories like that to where things just kind of work out to where um, he was still in his thing of, oh, what's the twist kind of thing to yeah. where, yeah, the the shot where the camera uh, comes back and you see all the water around the alien after he tells him, says, uh, swing, swing away. away. Um and you see all the water glasses and you're like, Oh, and to where, yeah, the second viewing you're expecting that. But I think just the sense that everything in that movie happened for a reason. I think mm -hmm. they did a really well done job um, to where if his wife didn't die, his family, his whole family possibly could have been killed. Right. 
to where it's like kind of that sick sense of oh i did you a favor <laughs> kind yes. of a thing <laughs> yeah. um yeah. because i mean if his wife didn't die meryl wouldn't have moved in with him yep and um everything else but then you could say well he cut off his finger and then then the alien tracked him down to his maybe that's where the ship landed was in the middle of his cornfield and he was left there by the ship i mean it could still could something else could have happened with the butterfly effect or whatever but yeah um but i like uh yeah, his asthma. Yeah, I like how the, everything the gas, was a yeah. reason to There's wear. Reason. And then he, Mel Gibson even states that. He's like, oh, do you know what the last thing she said was? Swing away, Merle. The doctor says because the neurons in her brain were firing and it just reacted to some distant memory when we saw you at a minor league game. Right. And she would say, just swing away. Yep. To where, but it's, I mean, the reason why she said, like, the reason why she said that, the reason why her brain fired into synapses was an act of God or whatever. Right, right. And it played into all of that. Well, of all the memories, why would she say, why would she pick that one? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, she what, didn't are the, what are the chances of her yeah, what are the chances happening of her on that having memory? on that memory? Yeah. To where, yeah, it's a very fatalist movie. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not a, oh, everything happens for a reason kind of a thing. People make decisions. Um so, but it is still fun to see stories like that sure. to where, oh, everything was meant to happen that kind of way. Or right. It's just, it's just fun to explore from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. And just from an overall thriller perspective, I mean, like the moment where they, <laughs> they're in the basement. Oh yeah. And then that the aliens like hands kind of grab, it's like, mm -hmm. holy shit. I remember watching them in the theater. Just it was such a great theater experience. Mm -hmm. I've seen that the first time. There's so many jump. And it's not going. like it's not like a gross jump scare with like a sound mm -hmm. like like those cheap scares where this the it gets loud all of a sudden you're only jumping because like Jesus yeah. it was loud. I like the there's none of that. Yeah, there are no every scare in that movie. There's no loud sound to it. Like at the pantry door, it's just him use. You, normally, a movie he would use the knife as like like a like a weapon. Mm -hmm. He was using the knife to like peer under the door yeah. to see if he was there. And then like as the hand comes out, there's no like giant scream you're just like holy shit you know mm -hmm. when the hand yeah, comes sense out. of motion yes um that causes it or just being there so yeah. i mean you have that the stillness to where um you have some i don't want to say over top but more obvious moments of oh shit like the hand grabbing or the hand going under the door but then you have still moments like when um there's a monster outside my room can i have a glass of water yeah, can i have a glass of water <laughs> And he just gets a glass of water and then he's sitting there on the bed and he looks out the window and you just see this fucking <laughs> figure standing on top of I the know. barn and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. have that. You have the reflection into the TV um, yeah. when he wheels it out after yeah. the night and then you just see in the reflection. Um, yeah, it's very well done. Very Jaws-esque as far yeah. as... Um, not showing the whole monster. Not showing the whole monster and just showing bits and pieces. Is, yeah. I think if I would change anything, it would be the ending. I wouldn't have had, I just would have had the reflection of the alien on the TV. I wouldn't have had that close up on the alien. Okay. Uh, but that's just a nitpick. I mean, well, and it's also just because of the I'm time sure there, that the movie was made. I'm sure I mean, there were studio pressures. Yeah. I'm sure there was. <clears throat> he probably didn't even want to do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, just, oh man, well done. I like my favorite. I think my favorite part is um, when they're boarding up the house mm -hmm. and uh, you have Meryl just kind of giving a play by play like they're on the roof and he's talking to his kids. Yeah, he's like, 
did your mother ever tell you when you were born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying to calm down. Calm him down. But also, it's kind of a sense of, like, trying to calm him down, but saying, he's almost saying his goodbyes to his children. Yep. And I like that scene because it's being paralleled with Meryl during the, during the attic. Mm-hmm. During the, they're upstairs. And they're like, as they're moving down into the basement. And um, I, I just like that whole scene. Again, Mel Gibson's performance. Oh. Um, which. The dinner scene where they're making their favorite, their favorite foods. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has a breakdown. Yeah. Man. He's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. He's fucking awesome. He, <clears throat> ah, such a. I guess. Yeah. Do you think they would make a movie like that today, Jay? Like a. Uh, with the same pace and tone and or what I feel like they, it would have to have like so much action and um, maybe Netflix or Amazon would. Yeah, probably. It wouldn't be a theatrical, theatrical release. release. Maybe Nope is like that. It could be. It could be. I trust but, him enough. Um, he's, he's certainly on the M. Night Shyamalan path. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of parallels from M. Night's career to, to Jordan Peele's right now third movie that i know makes. shit i just thought of it yeah it's third. the third movie what's the next one gonna be about a secluded uh village in the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> could be wearing funky outfits yeah. adrian brody plays a uh mentally handicapped person that oh, God. stabs joaquin phoenix yeah yeah no great movie yeah. i love it um so good it's a good number one yeah i uh i'm not mad at it I'm not either. I and I think I I like it as my number one because it's not so such a large story. They're not trying to do too much. It's about a guy who lost his faith. I mean, that's pretty much what the movie is. is. It's just surrounded by in the setting of an alien invasion. Yep. Um, But uh, I like the banter between him and Joaquin Phoenix. mm -hmm. (laughs) You cursed. I did. I did. Uh, all right. Number two, Jay. Well, yeah, you've gone I, I'm, your done, list. I'm done You're with done. my list. My Jesus. my list is so damn white bread and obvious that. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, my number two is Galaxy Quest. Okay. Uh, this is probably my favorite. Uh, oh, take a step back. The first time I saw this, I just didn't wasn't expecting much i just wanted to put something on the tv i wasn't anticipating it be as to be as funny as it was mm-hmm. i just wasn't expecting it and i found myself over the like it's one of those comfort movies where i can put it on anytime any place and it doesn't matter what setting you watch it in you can watch it in the theater you can watch it while you're full of laundry whatever the case may be and it's just that perfect type of movie it's a good comfort movie yeah i um this was an honorable mention mm-hmm. for me it was this and hitchhiker's guide ah. uh because they're both i mean yeah. they both kind of have the same feel obviously you have galaxy quest that kind of does a lot of callbacks to star trek and yep and stuff like that um i think the only reason why i didn't put it on my list is because i obviously yeah there's aliens in it and it crossed my mind as far as putting it on there and it's a yep. very very well done movie mm-hmm. um it didn't explore though for what I consider to be typical, like typical of an alien movie, right? To where I felt like it was more of a, um, not a satire, but just kind of, I don't know, 
it didn't, doesn't feel like an alien movie. It feels like a comedy with aliens in it. You get what yeah, I'm saying? Or whatever. Saying. And that's why it, it it's almost a satire of a satire. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Tropic Thunder. It's done better, slightly better than Tropic Thunder. Oh. The same concept. I think it is. <laughs> it's PG. It's one of those rare PG comedies that are just. Fun. How many how many PG comedies are there that are this funny? Oh, I don't know. They don't just. I'd have to Google it. Yeah. But nothing it, off the top of my fuck head. Fuck every five words <laughs> and like I get it, a dick joke here or there. This has none of that. It's mm-hmm. clean comedy. It's funny. I mean, Sam Rockwell as guy is one of the funniest characters ever put on film. Period. End of story. <laughs> he has the, the best lines. red shirt. He has the best lines in the movie. Well, every time I see the scene where they go down, they take the transporter down to the rock planet, and you know, guys contemplating. He's like, it, it, all of, all of you haven't seen Galaxy Quest. It's about, uh, it's like Tropic Thunder. It's it's uh. People that were on like a Star Trek TV show and it's over. It's been over for years. They go to Comic-Con, comic conventions, all that stuff. They sign autographs. That's how they make their living. Aliens come uh, because they saw their TV show and they think that it's an actual crew that has traveled space. They think it's time. like a serial, like a documentary. Yes. Like a, it's chronicling a, the lives yep. of this, this, this legendary crew that always knows what to do. They come down to, to, to get them because their race is being attacked by, oh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, by like an evil alien general. Mm-hmm. He's, he's killing their people. So they recruit, you know, Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman. I mean, great cast. Yeah. Come on. Uh, to, to help them out. Mm-hmm. That's what the movie is. And then they're pretending to be knowledgeable when they're not uh, to these, this group of aliens. That's the whole setup of the movie. And guy just happens to be a part of it because he just stumbles there. <laughs> he was like an extra on like episode 61 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but he's trying to milk it for everything it's worth by going to these comic conventions as well to, to get some, some money anyway. So guy is on the space. One of the, one of the uh, missions to go on this rock planet to get some fuel source. And he's regretting going with him because he didn't want to stay behind because in episodes, the guy, <laughs> who does have a last name always dies if he's left behind. But now he's thinking he's going to be the character that once they get on the planet, he's going to be the first to go. (laughs) And he's (laughs) contemplating his, you know, his uh, mortality on down there. And he's like, I don't even have a last name. (laughs) 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 It's a growing weaver's like, come on guy, you have a last last name. He's like, do I, do I, (laughs) I piss myself every time. The, he I, has the best lines in the movie. He's I love Sam Rockwell too. He's a great comedic actor and uh he's fantastic in the movie. Love I, him. I do like how they do the aliens in yeah. this movie to where typically they're super intelligent or they're they're monsters and it's yep. just these people that want help. That's right. And uh the way they talk, like they because <laughs> you the, are all that's hope. Because they, they inhale <laughs> yeah. when they uh they you, you, like, I can't even, but the way they, they speak, uh, they inhale as they talk. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they come off as so pathetic or whatever, yeah. but, um, <clears throat> you know, almost like children as far as like, just how like hopeful they are that. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, oh man. What was, oh, the, uh, the, the makeup guy, Rick Baker did the makeup. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so good. 
like the evil general in it, like that makeup is phenomenal. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a fun movie. I, I think it's one of the better comedies, uh, made like ever. It, I love Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Tim Allen. So, I mean, they're perfectly cast, all of them. Um, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. They, and it's interesting with their characters because they, I mean, they're not similar, but if you didn't know these people in real life, like we do, because we hang, we hang out with them all the time, you could easily see Tim Allen being like that in real life. Sure. You could see Sigourney Weaver being like that in real life, being fed up that she's looked on like, looked at like a sex symbol. Yeah. And then you have Alan Rickman who would strike you as somebody who's like, oh, Jesus, like I'm I not, did Hamlet. Uh, I did Hamlet. <laughs> to where, revival. <laughs> to where he never even talked bad about Harry Potter, but like, if he came, I was like, Oh Jesus, that that's all they remember me by is yeah, Harry exactly. Potter. Yeah. Like you could, he just strikes you as like that, that kind of a person. Yeah. And, um, and I think prior to this, I don't think Alan Rickman was in a comedy. Uh, that's what makes his performance even better because he pulls it off great. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those serious actors that can do comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just enjoyed the movie a lot. I, I, it's more rewatchable than the other three that I mentioned. I would turn it on before any of those three because mm-hmm. I, I just think it's funny. Uh, the jokes are never stale. Yeah. And that's, that's the aim of it. It's to be funny, an interesting concept and have it be funny. And it's absolutely funny. And the director, Dean Parasot, I mean, he did uh, the Monk pilot. I really enjoy Monk. That's a good TV show. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he's done like Red 2 and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, the writer was Robert Gordon. He did like Men in Black 2 and Lemony Snicket. So I think this is one of those like lightning in a bottle things that happened. I, I don't think they were expecting too much of it from mm-hmm. it. I don't, I don't think it got, I mean, it was fairly successful when it was released, but it's got this like cult following to where it's yeah it has um, definitely a more dedicated fan base yeah. now than i think it did when it's it got was a young released. justin long in it mm-hmm. he's good he plays the nerdy guy yep. to help him out the whole time story time time travel 13 second thing is an interesting concept uh because normally like 13 seconds that's not a lot it's like it's a, it's a lot it's enough time to erase a single mistake you know nope that's just an, I don't think that idea has been done. Time travel has, but for 13 seconds, not really. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an, an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I got nothing more really to say. It's a good movie. It is. All right, Jay. What is your, because I'm done with my list. I know, my number one. And Num- you've never seen it. I haven't. Which I am shocked you haven't seen this movie. It's not only my top alien movie, it's one of my favorite movies ever made. Wait, hold on. Let me. Uh, the thing. Yes. Okay. The thing, by far my favorite alien movie ever made. Uh, where do I even start with the thing? What makes it so great? Kurt Russell's beard. Yes, a young, young strapping Kurt Russell. He's just a handsome man. Easy. Uh, Put your pants back on. Oh, <laughs> God, I want to have his babies. <laughs> but uh, so for for those who haven't seen the thing. Simple, simple story. Uh, research team in Antarctica uh, sees a, do- a dog comes to the camp that's being chased by a Norweg- Norwegian research team. They're shooting at it, and they don't know why they're doing it. Uh, 
one of the guys, the helicopter crashes, one of the Norwegian guys comes into their camp and starts firing at the guys, and then he starts firing at the dog. One of the guys gets their gun, shoots the Norwegian guy, and then they're like, what, what the fuck happened? Eventually come to find out they uncovered an alien, and the alien uh, kind of imitates life forms that it attaches to, essentially. So if a dog becomes a dog, human, blah, blah, blah. Yep. That's the whole story. It's all it is. It's we're in the middle of nowhere. Help is not coming. There's this thing that we don't know how to defeat or even deal with. What the fuck are we going to do? That's mm-hmm. the movie. And um, I think this is the movie that Predator was inspired by, for sure. It's the same type of thing where you have to defeat an alien and you're in the middle of nowhere. How are you going to kill it? Um, and actually, uh, The Evil Dead came out the year before. And the makeup effects and the horror in this movie kind of make it look like, you know, a Disney cartoon. It's crazy over the top gore effects, special effects. It's it's crazy. Okay. It's nuts. I think about what it would be like to watch this movie in 1982. I think about the bit of Nick Swartzen. Mm-hmm. He has a bit where he says, I hate when people say Transformers sucks. Could you imagine seeing Transformers in 1920? The people would have fucking embolisms like, <laughs> <laughs> their heads would explode that's what i would i i got i get that feeling every time i watch this like what the fuck i cannot believe they made this movie it's like grotesque and it's kind of revolting and that's why initially when it was released it didn't really do well like at all it came out during you know et yeah and blade runner those are your sci-fi options people i don't think at the time wanted to see something that was this disgusting and uh, revolting kind of vile mm-hmm. that's what a lot of reviews are like oh it's vile it's just gross for gross sake there's no story they'd be wrong uh the atmosphere in it and the story itself the the tension that it builds is masterfully done um there's a reason why uh quinn tarantino wanted the cast of the hateful eight to watch this before they filmed it's the same setup same mm-hmm. movie same actor by the way secluded location secluded location there's someone in this room that is not who they say they are. That's essentially the hateful eight. That's what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Dylan, how do you know people who are who they say they are? That's the whole movie. And it's simple concepts done extremely well are my favorite movies by and far. Like there's no, there's seven characters. They're all in pretty much the same location. And how do you make it suspenseful? Mm-hmm. How do you make that suspenseful? You're in the middle of nowhere in like five rooms. How is the story going to be suspenseful? It's just because there's an alien monster. Like they could have made this movie just makeup effect after makeup effect and kind of shined on that and not have done too much with the suspense and the character study and the dialogue. But they didn't. Like you see a makeup effect like every 20 minutes or so. Okay. And it's just... But it's mainly about the interpersonal relationships oh, yeah. and how they. Oh yeah, the tension builds. I mean, it's so good. So, like, I I think of like yeah, the the tension in the Hateful Eight or Alien, like these single these single setting uh, movies, like Rear Window, Misery, Twelve Angry Men, like all those movies in one setting, and you have to have you can't just have effects. You have to have mm-hmm. the characters be have some sort of debt. Uh, they have to be engaging for you. to Yes, write. you have to. You have, to, you have to relate to the characters, which you do to, to all these characters. You have to uh, make them interesting. And 
they're all interesting and it just gets amplified with the terror that's built up in the suspense and the shocking the shock and all the effects just kind of punch it like to the next level it's some of the shit in it is just like i am astonished that they created this 40 years ago it's great like the scene with the chest bursting scene where the guy opens up and puts like the alien shit to sh- <laughs> the chest bursting scene in mm-hmm. the alien this makes it look it, it's insane the whole guy's chest opens up and teeth come out and they're trying to like revive him with, with shock panels it goes through the body and then the chest closes in on the guy's arms he pulls up and his arms detach it's just crazy over the top i love shit like that if it's interesting if it's not just to be gross to be gross mm-hmm. um it just it, it punches it up because it's like holy shit we are uh not dealing with something that we know what to deal with uh the score is amazing uh Ennio uh Morricone the guy mm-hmm. who did the, the good the bad and the ugly yep. he did the score and normally John Car- Carpenter does his own music and i think if he would have done the, his own music to this movie it would it wouldn't have made it as good cuz the score is amazing so it's, it's got a classic like european style orchestra like behind strings it it's and... not synth it's not the carpenter synth yep. like it would have made it dull this kind of amps it up a little bit it makes the scenes a little bit more have a little bit more panache to it when was the first time you saw this oh um in college okay everyone in college is like oh have you seen the thing have you seen the thing? Like, no i haven't seen the thing like, mm-hmm. no like, it's not gonna be better than alien like what is it about oh it's about an alien that that is going to kill people. That's what they said. And they're trapped in a location. They're trapped in like, all right. Oh, like alien, like alien. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I gave it a shot. There was a little, uh, there's a cool, uh, video store or I guess DVD store at the time in college where, cause we had a, there was a, uh, a film studies major at Purdue and they had this like little shop where like classics mm-hmm. where you could rent classics if you had like a student ID. And it was like kind of like the Criterion Collection. Yep. Where it was like a small room and you had like two rows and it was just filled with movies, A to Z. And I just happened upon the thing and I'm like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll run it. And then instantly just. It's, it, I felt like, what have I been doing with my life? How have I not seen the thing? This is masterful. It's fantastic. It's probably my favorite John Carpenter movie. Uh slightly behind vampires oh yeah (laughs) yeah vampire no no mission what is it what is it ghost of mars yeah that's my favorite fucking john carpenter movie yeah his work is definitely kind of faded over the years his his decade was the 80s for sure um the blood test scene jay one of the best scenes ever put to film bar none google it tomorrow youtube it sorry I'll, i'll probably i'll watch it uh Maybe I'll watch it tomorrow night. You're going to love it. Because it's one of the things I'm interested in to where, because as I was making my list for this, there were several movies like uh, Starman, The Man Who Fell from Earth or Fell to Earth, um, Midnight Special. I was reminded of movies that I was aware of when they came out that I meant to watch, not Starman and Man. I mean, that was a while ago, but like Midnight Special. There's there was quite a few movies that I saw that. I was like, oh, I never saw that. And yeah. And the thing is just one of those things that I see what you, I see what you did there. Oh, but uh bum. So clever. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Fuck you, everybody. Good night. Um, I'm out. But um 
But yeah, maybe I'll watch that. But. Well, it's also good, Jay, because the way they act to this, they turn against each other and they're not they're not on they don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. And I like how they do that because that's how it would happen. Mm-hmm. They panic, they're overly aggressive, they're scared shitless. And that's how I would envision people to react in that crazy scenario if it ever were to happen. Oh, they act that way in reality shows. Exactly. And that's just for, what, $50,000 exactly. or something? And there are real consequences to, they aren't just threats in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I will kill you if you come near me. So it drives them to their, like, basal instincts pretty much oh, as yeah. far as, yeah. Yeah. It, it does a great job doing that. They're, it's, they're real people. Mm-hmm. That you, you can imagine that happening to real people. Um. It's short. It's an hour and 45 minutes. It's not going to drag. It doesn't drag on at all. It's very clink. It's all the fat is off of it. Mm-hmm. It's got a great climax. Um, it doesn't. And it ends. You know. It ends the way it's supposed to end. Mm-hmm. It's a great ending. Um, I mean, the blood scene, is, the blood test scene is just so well done. One of the best scenes ever put to film, I think. Off the. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it to you. I want. I don't want to get into it because I think I know it. how it ends. I mean, I've I've heard so much about it to where I think I know how it ends. But it's still, it's me knowing. No, I don't want to describe the blood testing. Oh, God. yeah, I don't, don't. want you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah, because John Carpenter. I mean, there was. I tried watching uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, I ended up turning it off like it was way too slow for me for some reason and i um and i try and finish everything that i start but i just i couldn't get into it um i've seen halloween i enjoy that um escape from new york escape from la which is a little corny but i still enjoyed that um but yeah a lot of his other i've, I've just never been i guess i never reached a point in my life or in my movie tastes to where I got on a kick for John Carpenter Mm -hmm. because I, I don't think I've saw anything that I was just craved more of. Right. So like Wes Anderson, first time I saw, like, I think the first time I saw a Wes Anderson movie, I was like, yeah, yeah, that was weird. And then I saw another one for some reason, something clicked and I'm like, I got to watch all the fucking Wes Anderson ones. And like, Oh, he's coming out with a new movie. Great. I can just, and, and, some filmmakers speak to me that to where John Carpenter just wasn't one of those. Mm. And probably just because I was never into horror and, um, horror, horror, horror. <laughs> <laughs> say horror more, please. Horror. <laughs> and, um, with a W <laughs> the, but, and maybe that I always just associated him and then Wes Craven with horror, 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 horror. <laughs> um, but whip whip cream whip cool whip whip whiskey um but yeah i mean it was just but i'll i'll check it out um i think i would i think i would enjoy it i like i like alien movies for the most part um one thing i would change about this movie mm -hmm. is the opening scene i don't know why they did a tracking shot of a spaceship crashing to earth like they do For, for dummies right I'm sure it was a studio note. I actually, I actually, I did a lot of uh, behind. I've seen a lot of behind the feature, you know, the uh, bonus features, bonus features for this movie. And he did not want to have that in there. Mm -hmm. He didn't even want. There's a spaceship scene in the movie, and he didn't even want to have that in it. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, then it sounds like it could have just been a plain monster movie from because yeah. it takes place where Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have just been something that was in the ice. Yeah. Or well, it is a remake of the thing from the 50s. Mm-hmm. The same kind of thing. Uh, was different. it an alien in that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you would like it. Um, the horror in it, it's not. Yeah, there's horror. There's, <laughs> horror. The horror. It's not like a like a serial killer stock, and you kind of it's it's tension and, and suspense. Uh, for who is the thing? Who is the thing? Mm-hmm. It, there's that. The 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 effects portion of it is kind of just like to, to send you back in your seat, like what the fuck, mm-hmm. like. Pro- I mean, is it used more to? Is, I mean, it sounds like it's used more to set the seriousness of the situation. That to where it is so gruesome. That's why they don't want to. That's why they're they'll resort to killing each other mm-hmm. because they do not want that happening. want that happening yeah. to them. Yeah. And the effects, Jay. Oh my God. Uh, Rick, or sorry, Rob Bowden. Okay. He did the effects. He did RoboCop, Explorers, Total Recall, The Howling. Guy's a genius. Robocop and uh, Total Recall. Yes. And you can tell. Yeah. You can tell in the movie. I'm like, yep, I see that. I see that. I couldn't imagine seeing this in 82. I couldn't imagine. I could see people just like puking in their seats and (laughs) just like, oh my God. It'd be like those stupid uh, advertisements every time like a paranormal activity and they have like the the night vision of the people in the theater and they're all like, ah, yeah, yeah. And like their heads exploding or some bullshit. Like, Oh, it's so scary. Oh, I almost wet myself. And then you watch yeah. the movie and you're like, this is dog shit. Yeah. New guys in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out. Cause I feel like I'm going to get into an alien <clears throat> kick here soon. Yeah. As far as, um, so this movie had a, a budget of 30 million. Mm-hmm. They spent 10 million on the special effects, the makeup. And it, it shows. Good. You'll like it. I will watch you know it. what? You'll hate it. I don't want to build it up in your head and you're going to come back on here. Oh, watch it. Dog That's shit. Number one, piece my of ass. shit I've ever seen. <laughs> God. I knew I hated John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Jay, to recap. Uh, number five, The World's End. Number four, Contact. Number three, Signs. Two, Galaxy Quest. And one, The Thing. Mm-hmm. And mine, number five, Close Encounters. Four, E.T. Three, Alien. Two, Contact. And one, Signs. So, so we had two on there. We did. I I had a feeling... <clears throat> I'm not mad at your five, though. I, I'm, I don't, Maybe I just watched all these too many times i don't know they're not surprising to me i guess but yeah i mean i don't know i uh yeah i like them i'd, I'd watch any one of my five anytime i gotta give uh close encounters another shot i haven't seen it in a while it, i mean it's a uh, it's dated i mean it's not i'm sure i'll like it's, it i mean if you don't it's all right it's what makes horse races um <laughs> the uh I, I i mean you probably just don't understand it you, right I'm you, probably you don't dumb. you don't get it Matt, you don't get you it. You don't get it. You're just not Matt. You don't have what intelligence. Yeah. See, you don't understand it. Do Do you understand it's about aliens? Is it? Yeah. You You just don't get it. No, I'm just. It, it's all right. <clears throat> it's fine. Oh, so you're one of those people. Uh, damn right I am. Right. <laughs> Can't get enough of the daft condescension. 
<laughs> Great. Need more of that. God, I hate that part. Oh, Jesus. You just don't understand it. Oh, you, you don't know. I, I understand the movie. <laughs> it's the fucking Lion King. I get it. <laughs> Still mediocre. <laughs> I can envision you saying that to somebody. No, I get the Lion King. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. That's how I get it. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah that's our, um, yeah. our top five alien movies i i'm not i don't have any expectations because this will be my first jordan peele movie that i've seen you haven't seen get out or us no i when by the time because when get out hit theaters i wanted to go see it never got around to it because kids and you know life life and but by the time it left theaters and was on home video, I had seen so many reviews. There had been so many articles about it, and to where I knew everything about it. I'll probably wait five or ten years to watch it. Yep. Um, Us, I heard, wasn't as good. I think Christy mm-hmm. saw it. Um, wasn't as good as Get Out. So I'm like, oh well. If I'm going to watch them, I'll watch his best one. But nope, I'm looking forward to. um, I don't have trying to manage my expectations. Like I'm I'm trying to go into every movie with mediocrity. Um, And predictions, Jay. I I don't. What do you think? What will happen or what do I? Yeah. Why are they visiting? Is it just. Alien attack or is there some sort of. Undertone or theme. Oh, there's going to be a theme. theme. Underlying be theme. I think because I think I want to say that some interview he said that it was is about. So it didn't have to do with race or prejudice like um, get out, but it was more of about societal. Views on celebrity, I think I could be, but huh. I saw it in a headline as I was scrolling through porn. I mean, um, Pornhub. Yeah, and um, I was like, that's a weird interview to have. Um, <laughs> but so, I mean, obviously, there'll be some underlying theme. I'm I'm looking forward to it, though. Yeah, I mean, too. I hope it just surprises the hell out of me to where it like cracks into one of my top five and something that I would want to watch over and over and over again. I, I just want to I want to watch a movie that does that to me again. Yeah, but um, I heard no stands for not of planet Earth. Hmm. Again, fan theory. I don't know if that was what it is. Hmm. It could be. Yeah. Not a planet Earth. Well, if it's an allegory on colonialism, I, I guess that would be meaningful <laughs> if I lived in the 1800s. <laughs> right. I can not like. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but if it's an allegory, it's I mean, gonna it's gonna be like the aliens are like white colonizers and they're picking off black people as slaves, and then there's gonna be one scene at the end where the, one guy's like, "Not again!" <laughs> and the movie just cut, fades the black. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> oh, you start. <laughs> we suck again. <laughs> oh man, I could dream. Ah, uh, I. I don't think that'll be the case. I don't but think I, I do like the I'm idea just of. I'm just kidding. I don't know. That. <laughs> what if it does? I'm going to shit myself. Picking off humans to be their. Yeah. Their slaves. slaves. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. 
It's some alien corporation. They need some. They need some fucking miners. Yep. There's some rare earth minerals. Need some bodies. To they need some bodies throughout this problem. Yep. Go in the shafts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. Yep. I, uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll watch that uh, this weekend. What else? Are, what else are we gonna watch? Dan? We are also going to watch every. Jesus Christ! What the? Anything? Everything? Everywhere? All at once? Yep and uh which came out this year a multiverse movie is based on the uh request of anna so thank you again for your request we will watch it and we will review it next week absolutely so cool and if you have any other requests or any of you listeners have any other requests um leave them in the comments send us an email do whatever you want another top five what do you want us to do a top five of we'll do it yeah we'll do it don't force we'll do any of them any, anything give us I'll the most that top five. obscure top five <laughs> yes and we'll uh we'll do it um uh, but yeah again uh <laughs> you can check out our episodes on our website castwithnoname.com where you can also comment and shoot us an email if you want so absolutely yeah that's our top five alien movies hopefully nope will squeeze its way into the top five maybe it's a tall ask but it's a tall ask so but hopefully it's i just hope it's good i hope it's good too I just want to enjoy my time at the movies. Yes. Yeah. And remember your theater etiquette. Don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't, want to, I don't want to listen to Jay go on another rampage about yeah. theater etiquette. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a lot of kids at, at, this, at this movie. Yeah, there won't. I could be wrong, though. It'll just be dumbasses talking. <clears throat> but, oh, well. That's life. <laughs> That's life. So, all right. Well, until next time. Until next time. Thank you.